saying was that when um the Far Cry trailer thing reminded me of the, with the rooster reminded me of a time uh, this was back like in I want to say like January or maybe February of this year I went to visit my family in TJ and my uncle uh, he he needed someone to drive with him to go pick up like a rooster from like someone like down the street mm-hmm. and so he went to this guy's house. And he has like a he has like a big walled heavy gate like around his house, and he takes us to like the backyard where he has like all these roosters like in cages, and all these roosters are meant for like they're they're cockfights. They're mm-hmm. all made for like fighting other roosters. Yeah. And so we're just like going down like the aisle, and he's explaining to us like oh like this one like has, you know has killed this many roosters and like that's cool. And this one has like. I don't know, like, oh, this one has, like, he's missing the eye. Because you see, like, it has, like, that, like, that line down, like, a scar. Yeah. Where it looks like that's, like, a battle-hardened rooster right there. Yeah. And I was like, this is, like, so weird because, like, it's super illegal in the U.S. to make animals fight. Yeah. I'm not saying it's, like, cool in that sense, but it's stuff that they all have, like, a story behind them. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, like... This one's got PTSD. <laughs> it's all shaking all the time. So, <laughs> No, but, like, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at it just because, like... It's weird to be like, oh, yeah, like, that's my job. I take care of fighting roosters. Mm-hmm. And so the guy's like, oh, yeah, like, this one just made me, like, this amount of money or whatever. Or, oh, this one. I remember there was a specific rooster that was, like, way bigger, like, bulkier yeah. than other roosters. And he's like, oh, like, this one? Like, this one's owned by, like, one of, like, the big, like, cartel leaders or something like that huh. for, like, the area. And I was like, imagine, like, you're a cartel leader. You're like, you know what? Like, I need to diversify my portfolio. Like, let me invest in cockfights. Like, let me get a rooster, a champion rooster, and just kind of, like, diversify, like, my funds. And I, and I was just, like, thinking about that, like, wow, like, like, is that, like, a status symbol? Like, I got my own fighting rooster? What do you think, Johnny? What do you think about that? I don't know. It seems kind of silly. It sounds weird, right? Like, it's just across the border. Like, TJ is literally just across the border, and I'm like, it's, like, a whole different world over here. They got, they got, like, rooster fights and stuff. I don't know. I thought it was crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of stranger shit than rooster fighting in TJ. Oh, that's a... Johnny has a story about that for another day. Yeah, it's another day. Probably not for this podcast. Not appropriate for this podcast, but maybe a different podcast one day. Once, you know, the statute of limitations expired. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the DualSense podcast. As always, my name is Andrew Roscoe. I am your ever-faithful host. Joined by, I guess I kind of just said his name already, but that's fine. The Badger of the High Desert. The self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count. The unnecessary one, Johnny. What's up? Thank you, Johnny. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm good. You good? I'm all right. Have you had an interesting week so far? No, I've just been doing some yard work. Uh, You're fixing up the car, right? Yeah, fixing up some, some car, the car, painting the rims, doing some backyard stuff, building the wall. I saw the rims you had. Pavers. Are you going with the black look for the rims? I'm going to go with the black glossy. I'm <sighs> blacking everything out on the car. There's so much I potential. I did it before, but everything's kind of worn out. Mm-hmm. So this is just a refresh. You could have gone with like something like chrome or like... Nah. Something, on a black car, you got to murder the car. It's something gaudy black. or something kind of like... I don't know. What are like a metallic cyan color? That would be dope. It's an Acura. How am I gonna go gaudy on an Acura? Uh, what well, is Acura? That's that's not Japanese, right? What's yeah, Acura? it's Japanese. Oh, it it's, is. It's made by Honda. Oh well, there you go. So you can go like tuner status with it. Yeah, that, I'm going in that direction. You're gonna put like a, like you're gonna put like fins and like no, spoiler. No way. It's just gonna be a low key car. 
Under the radar. Underglow? Any underglow? You know what? I I kind of want to do that. It's tacky, but I might put like a, a an amber glow around the car. They have the ones Very now. Faint. They have the ones now where you can like change the colors. It's not just limited to one. Mm-hmm. Where you can adjust the RGB. Like a, it's like an app for your phone that's paired to like the device, mm-hmm. and you can just do the RG the red glue, red green blue sliders. Yeah, if it's inexpensive, if it's like fifty bucks, I'll just slap it on there that's what i want to do the only thing is i'm not sure how to wire it to my battery in the car or i don't it know if it doesn't you... go to your battery okay like, see i figured it doesn't get like clamped onto the battery right They're, like somewhere else where you have to wire it to right yeah it's through the inside of the car and then maybe you just have to buy the fuse so you can activate that do you have to like drill a hole it? do you have to drill a hole to go inside the car uh yeah but i i don't know where you would drill the hole you're probably gonna go through the trunk I'm not sure. It depends on what, what strips you buy. Because if you buy them in sections, you got to make a bunch of different holes. Right. I see on Amazon they have the ones where like you can buy one for like... I want also the one where you put like your legs, the, the leg wet, like where you know where your feet go. Where they have like underneath the dashboard kind of thing. You can do that, but your car probably already has uh, lighting for the footwell. Mm-hmm. It might have that and you just got to change the bulb in it, the LED. Ooh. You don't notice it right now because it's like faint. a white or, yeah. a, or a brown. Uh-huh. So it's very faint. You're giving me ideas, Joy. But you can just buy the LED, slap it on. It's probably like a, I think it's a T3, T7 or something like that. Next paycheck, I'm going to, my next paycheck, I want to start like, I want to do stuff with my car, right? Because I have a BMW 328i. Uh, well, it's not that special, right? It's like a regular BMW. It's a, uh, would that be 3 Series? No, right? I don't think so. 320. It looks like a 3. I don't know. But I want to like... I want to like pimp it out, but not like gaudy. But I want I want to add like I want to change the front, like the kit for like the front or like um, what do you call it? The it's like where the grill goes and stuff. Like there's like different options for BMWs. The grill itself? Yes. No. Because they have like the diamond pattern, the diamond shape yeah, pattern. Yeah, that starts getting pricey. For like the, for the bank for the buck. But I, they also have like the body kits for the plastic for the molding in the front. No. You, what I'm talking you, about? Yes, yes, but it starts getting really expensive. The only thing is I've seen so far, I don't like how like you can't match the colors. It looks weird because it's like a different color from your car. It's like a it's like a base black or gray color. I, I wouldn't go for a body kit. I'd go for like a more uh, general body kit that fits all cars. Mm-hmm. They don't look as good, but they yeah, do they're not, put... They're not like specialized for the car. Yes, but they, they put more emphasis on like body sh- shape. Like, uh, like, they're, like you could buy a lip for the front of the car. Yeah. That's uh, like stock for multiple different kind of cars. Like the ones that have like the little, like the, not the chain, but they have like that thing connecting it, right? Like the rods? Sort of, yeah. But you, what what I think you have in mind is price. Like if I want to buy the bumper on my car, just the stock bumper, it's like 300 bucks. Oof. So if you're talking about something that looks a little gaudy, racy, it's going to cost you. I see on eBay like around like 150, 130. So. Well, we could do some tiny mods on it. Like uh, if you want to change the interior lights on your car, like what would you change them to? Cyan. We just talked about that. Cyan. Uh, you Okay. Because at night, that'll look dope. At night, that'll look dope. I don't know if you want that all the time though. Oh no, you can They have like, I just told you, there's like the apps, like the RGB one that comes paired with it. You can just like slide and change the colors. You can even have it where like it rotates colors in and out even. Okay, cause cause I wasn't gonna say like my car, I I was thinking about changing it to maybe Blue. like an amber, amber, cause okay. cause I already have them all white. Mm-hmm. But if we if you go if I go with like an amber or red, I can get the kit for like for like fifteen bucks, mm-hmm. and it gives me the lights for the, all the interior. Right. So you can make small mods that you can do to the car like right now for like super cheap. 
That sounds good. I'll have to keep that in mind for next time, Johnny. But that's enough of that. This isn't a car podcast. Although that would be pretty cool if we did one. No, I don't know enough. About, I don't know enough about cars. This is, of course, a gaming podcast. Johnny, we have four stories for this past week. A little bit of a slow week. A little bit of a slow week. On a busier week, half of these stories we probably would have just dropped. But because we don't have much to go with for this week. No, there's some interesting one. At least two of them are like, I want to talk about. I, yeah, at least two of them are like, we need to discuss this. And then the other two are kind of like, well, let's just throw it in there just for algorithm reasons. Johnny, let's go ahead and start. We'll talk about the Nintendo Direct. Now, it's true. We are a heavy PlayStation podcast. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in the name, right? DualSense and all that, right? DualSense yeah. controller, yada, yada. But I am a huge, huge Nintendo fan at heart. And one of the big announcements for the for it for the Nintendo Direct is a game with a character that Johnny and I both equally love because he is our main in Smash. And so in the Nintendo Direct, this was, let's see, about five days ago as a recording. Johnny, we got a few interesting titles announced. We got Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Johnny. Now, some people were joking online, this looks like Kirby in The Last of Us, because we have like a, de- a dilapidated mall, dystopia. the buildings are covered in moss, this looks very, it's a weird tonal shit for Kirby, it looks very like a post-apocalyptic world, like a human world where humans are gone, Yeah, but it's Kirby being cutesy as always, with cutesy enemies, but like the environment is not so cutesy, and it's like, it's kind of like a weird kind of paradigm shift thing going on, first of all, this is like the first time Kirby is in a 3D game, at least as far as I can remember. It's not like a pinball or whatever. Like, it's him existing in a 3D space, kind of like Mario Odyssey, right? Mm-hmm. He's not in a side-scrolling left-to-right kind of game. Uh, I've been wanting a Kirby 3D game since as far back as the Wii era. So the fact that we're finally getting a, a game that's not a gimmick, because there's been past Kirby games where it's like the cotton, the yarn one, and the robot battle suit one like gimmicky kirby games but this one looks like a solid like down to earth pun intended kirby game giant what did you think from the trailer about this one doesn't look good because it's still you know what i'm gonna say it's still running on nintendo it looks so dated it's awesome that it's fun he's funny in 3d uh but i I, johnny this looks like graphics don't make the game you know that they really help they help sure of course i don't think there's ever been a game that's been well i can think of a few games that were probably made worse because of the graphics they, they went too real mm-hmm. uh a few i'm thinking like there's a pokemon game that i don't really care for too much because they could have just kept it the pixel style but anyways kirby is <laughs> nintendo first party games are not about the graphics they're about the core gameplay because that's ultimately what's going to keep you looped in till the end mm-hmm Graphics help, of course. No one's saying they don't. But that should not be, like, the primary thing. Like, that's not the main focus of a game. But that's something that will sell me on the game. Because when you haven't played the game, you're like, I don't know if I should buy this. But you know Kirby, Johnny. You know Kirby. Yeah, but I know Kirby, like, from Smash Brothers. Is he going to have a Smash Brothers uh, combat set? Of course not. Not all of them. Well, that's why I love You'll probably turn into a rock, like the down B. Mm Mm-hmm. He might have... I don't think he'll have, like, the up B with the sword thing. The here? Hey! Yeah. That I don't know for sure. Well, no, he'll be jumping and inhaling. <laughs> jumping and inhaling. You know, inhaling? like Oh, inhaling. Like, like whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, I get to absorb and uh, take powers. That's, that's mostly what Kirby's thing is, right? That's yeah, like that's his gonna core. be a cool mechanic. 
that's yeah, that's always been a mechanic in all his games is absorbing powers. Uh, so I'm curious to see the setting. I want to know what happened mm-hmm. to all the people that were there because clearly there were people before. If not humans, then some type of race was there because there's infrastructure, city infrastructure. And now it's just Kirby and a bunch of cutesy enemies. So it's like, what happened here? What do you think it'll be? Uh, what's his name? Mananite. Mananite? Yeah. What about him? Is he going to be in the game? Probably. Who's going to be featured in the game? I wouldn't doubt that he would be, Mananite would be featured in the game. Okay. Uh, Mananite's like probably, it's like the venom to kirby where it's like the venom to spider-man Venom Knight's kind of like he's, he's not always anti, a bad he's the anti-hero he's not yeah he's not always a bad guy sometimes he's just like the anti-hero he's kind of just there off to the side yeah he's not always a bad guy but uh anyways so i'm thrilled for kirby i think that comes out march of next year i could be wrong it's definitely a 2022 title did you ever see the show for kirby kirby right back at you yeah yeah, I used to watch it pretty often. That show was awesome. I love yeah. that show. I don't really remember means, the episodes. For some reason, they made Meta Knight like a spa- like a Spaniard like when he talked. Mm, yes, right. It's like, oh, yes, could be. Like, yeah, like a Spanish accent. I don't know. It was weird. Anyways, uh, then they showed... Uh, this isn't in exact order. I'm kind of going from memory slash uh, using NintendoLife.com. Uh, Splatoon 3. I'm not a big Splatoon fan. The game does not interest me. The covering as much stuff as you can in your color just does not do much for me it's not my thing this interests me because nintendo doesn't really have a lot of like shooters yeah a lot of shooters and also like online stuff you know true they are not that great in the online uh multiplayer department Mm -hmm. uh not for me really then we saw monster hunter rise sunbreak so this is the dlc expansion for monster hunter rise a game that I kind of want to get... I'm just waiting for it to go down in price. And Johnny, on paper, should like Monster Hunter, but he doesn't. Yeah, it's been really rough trying to get into it. But I really want to get into it. I, can't, I just can't. Terrible. <laughs> then we saw Mario Party Superstars. I grew up loving Mario Party, Johnny. Do you remember Johnny when we used to play like, Mario Yeah, Mario we play this often. This, Smash, and... Uh, what else? What was the third game? I think it was mostly that. Just Smash those two. Mario Party? Probably, like, maybe Donkey Kong uh, Racing, Diddy Kong Racing or something. Oh, yeah, that too. Johnny, what do you think about Mario Party Superstars? Did you see much of this trailer? It looks like they're, like, you, I think you mentioned earlier that they're bringing back, like, older maps Some and stuff. Some of the classics, yeah. Some of the classic boards. I think Yoshi's Island, I think they're bringing back the cake, Pe- Pe- Princess Peach's cake. Yeah, I, I don't know them by name, but the, the last Mario Party I got to play was, like, on the N64, maybe the GameCube. Was it even on the GameCube? Yeah, there was multiple, like up to, I think, Mario Party 4 through 9 or 10 were on the GameCube. That's wild. They put a lot of, they packed the GameCube with Mario Party games, yeah. I mean, has it changed a whole lot, though? Yeah, yeah. They've made some changes that are not, like, well regarded by fans. Um, They did this weird thing where they had, like, everybody was on the same, like, car thing. And so whenever somebody rolled, it was for everybody would move together as a group. It was like a dumb mechanic. I didn't like it. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, they've changed a lot of things. And now, like, they're finally getting back to, like, the most basic stuff, which is, like, what everybody's always wanted. Like, just keep it simple. Like, don't overdo the weird gimmicks because it just, it's just not as fun. So they're talking about the gimmicks that are on the board, though. The board yes. gimmicks, yes. Yeah, but the games are... The course... mini-games have gotten better, like, more varied and more interesting over right. time. Yeah. Okay. And they still bring back, like, the classic ones from, like, the first three games because those are everybody's favorites. So. Right. Uh, then we saw what is my most anticipated game for, as far as what was shown uh, for Nintendo, the Project Triangle Strategy, which is a uh, 
Square Enix title. Uh, yeah, I missed this one. Triangle Strategy is the 2D uh, isometric tactics game mm-hmm. where, like, you see that it's like so it has a medieval setting, but like it's kind of top down isometric camera angle where it's like at an angle, like, like, uh, what do you call it, diagonal sort of? Yeah. And like, it's the very 2D, super 2D looking one with like the medieval characters. There's like a swordsman and like there's like other stuff going on. Like, someone casts magic in the field and like the whole like field ignites because like it has like real world like mechanics sort of in a way so if you cast like a fire spell in a field of grass or whatever it's going to spread not just to like where you target it kind of stuff um i'm a it looks like a spiritual successor to like final fantasy tactics which i'm like a huge final fantasy tactics fan so triangle strategy there's actually a demo out for it on switch now that came out like last nintendo direct before this one and it looks like this is also an early 2022 title so I personally am very excited about that one. That's the, that's the one game in the entire show that like really got me excited. Uh, we got Bayonetta three at the end. These are kind of out of order, but we got Bay- Bayonetta 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 three at the end of the uh, showcase. Uh, I don't know much about Bayonetta. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not a huge Bayonetta person. Not for a lack of interest. I'm sorry. Not because I don't like it, but rather I just I just never got really sold into it. Uh, I think that was like around the time when like Devil May Cry made a comeback with five or one of the other ones. And I was just like not into the whole demon slashing stuff kind of thing. Um, then we got uh, the announcement of chapter one and two of Delta Room, which is like the Undertale sequel mm-hmm. or prequel. Not sure which uh, came out already. I just finished. Uh, I'll talk about this later, but I just finished Undertale. For the first time ever last week. Uh, it took me like three days. And that was like one of the games where like. Like I get why it's so popular. Because like that game left a huge impact on me. So I'm kind of excited about Deltarune. Not too much. Because uh, I'm not sure if my heart can take it to dive back into that world. But uh, yeah Deltarune. Uh, made by the same. I think his name is Toby Fox. I forget the guy's name. But it's like a single develop. He's like the main guy. The main developer. But he has like other, you know, other people working with him making the game. So, um, kind of like how Minecraft is known by uh, Notch. Notch is like the main personality behind Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Toby Fox is the main guy behind uh, Undertale. So, then we saw Shin Megami Tensei Five, which is a very kind of obscure, long-lasting RPG series from like the nineties. Uh, Johnny, I'm assuming you probably have like no opinion on this one. Yeah, that's not really your your field. Uh, I'm not that excited about it because I just never played a Shin Megami Tensei game. But if this one di- dips around the $20 mark, I'd probably check it out. I would check it out then. I just can't get too, into too many RPGs because they're just long games. And I'm trying not to get bogged down with like a lot of long games on my backlog right now. So definitely one to look out for, but once it's cheaper for me. Uh, then we saw they're doing a direct for Animal Crossing, I think, next month? Maybe November? Uh, I'm not a huge Animal Crossing. There's a lot of Nintendo properties I'm just not a huge thing a fan of. But there's like a handful that I'm like, I'm like diehard about. Animal Crossing falls into the former, where I'm just not a huge Animal Crossing fan. The game seems kind of pointless to me. You kind of there's no end game. You're kind of just doing stuff forever. I don't know. Johnny, you look like you're gonna say something. No, this game just feels like it was born out of the out of the uh, pandemic. It was very popular during the pandemic. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, like, the, one of the first games to, like, connect people who weren't, like, in person. So, okay. that was its major appeal. 
they announcement that the final the final DLC fighter for Super Smash Brothers is October fifth next month. Uh, okay. Johnny, who do you want to crash? Do? Crash makes sense. Crash. I really think they're gonna do like a classic Nintendo character that we don't already have, like Waluigi or something. Nah, it's gotta be outside. I feel like they ha- they have to end it with like a major Nintendo like character. And house. What about like a evil Princess Peach? God no, please no. That sounds horrible. That sounds I would piss off everybody. I think. Yeah, for the last one. Yeah. Uh, then we saw a little bit more Metroid Dread, which comes out like super soon. Uh, I'm not a huge Metroid fan. Of the ones I played, no, I... this looks dope, dude. Did you play the Metros on the old consoles? I think it was like a uh, Super. I like I like the first. Those are the ones that I grew up on. I like the first person ones, like Metroid Prime One through Three. Uh-huh. I played those on the. They were, I had the Wii collection, whereas Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime Two, Metroid Prime Three. I like the first person ones. I've never been huge into the side scrolling ones. They uh-huh. just never really appealed to me. But the Prime series, I love. Dread is another is that I think it's supposed to be the conclusion to like the original Metroid the first one like the series that started with Metroid then Metroid 2 on Game Boy Metroid Super Metroid on Super Nintendo it's like the conclusion of the 2D series games the specific 2D ones mm-hmm. so we'll see how that turns out that comes out pretty soon I've seen like there's been previews about the game like ahead of like its release and a lot of like the reviews are pretty favorable like they're saying it's like awesome game so I assume that's gonna be great we saw uh, some DLC for Mario Golf Super Rush. Uh, I try to get into Mario Golf. Of the sports Mario games, Mario Golf is probably my favorite one. Not really into soccer or Mario Tennis, but Mario Golf is a good one. Uh, the only reason I haven't bought it is because of the fact that it's... I don't think they have proper... Is it online? I don't think there is any like actual online. I think you have to be like in person. And there's just been other games that I'm just more busy with. So uh, then we saw Dying Light Two: Stay Human is getting a cloud release on the Switch, which makes sense because I don't think that could run natively on the Switch. It looks way too uh, next gen for the Switch to handle. So it makes sense that there's like a cloud version. If I play Dying Light Two, I love the Dying Light One. Did you play Dying Light One, Johnny? No, I've never played them. It's a first person. Ah, first person. First person like zombie like hunter kind of game mm-hmm. it's kind of like um did you ever play any of the what do you call it um dead island games no nah. okay well it's kind of like it's one of those first person games where you have to like survive and like fight zombies and stuff uh the first game is a lot of fun so that one i'm probably gonna pick up on ps5 if i do it definitely won't be on the switch <laughs> Uh, there's also getting Disco Elysium, the final cut. Disco Elysium is this RPG from, I want to say, 2019 that won like a, hu- a whole bunch of awards at the Game Awards. Uh, it's also on PS4 and PS5 now, but it's finally hitting the Switch, uh, which is great for uh, people who have been missing out. I think it was like a PC game back then. So is this like a rhythm game? Or what? No, it's an RPG game where like, you're a detective investigating stuff. You're investigating like a crime of some kind. And, oh, because Disco, that's how I threw you yeah. off. I think it has nothing to do with music. That's just the name of the game. I think it has more meaning than the game, but that's just the name. It's like an investigation RPG. Supposedly, it's like one of the best games around. It was like, it won a whole bunch of rewards back in 2019. I've been meaning to play it. I'm just waiting for it to hit the right price point. 
Mm-hmm. I'm very frugal. With, I mean, with the exception of a few games, most games I won't buy immediately at launch. I kind of just wait. So, then we saw Disney Magical World 2. Um, we just watched the trailer again because I forgot about it until I just saw the trailer again. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Disney, like, Disneyland Park game that was on Xbox like, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But this looks like you're exploring like different Disney worlds. It looks like a Disney version of Animal Crossing, where you're just like socializing, playing mini games, and just exploring stuff. Like even your character looks like all chibi, like the Animal Crossing characters. Mm-hmm. That, not really for me. This might be for like hardcore Disney fans, maybe. Uh, then we saw the second game I was most excited about, Voice of Cards, which is a just a straight up RPG card collecting game, uh, with like a medieval setting. Looks really dope. Uh, Castlevania Advanced Collection, that's already out, actually, but it's a collection, I think, of four Castlevania games that were on handhelds back in the day. Have you played them? I have not played any of these. I've been meaning to, because I do have, like, a Game Boy Advance, like, emulator on my phone. Yeah, considered it, it just looks so dated. The problem is, I can't play those kind of games on a phone because I need to have, like, tactile, like, physical buttons for those type of games. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, touchscreen won't work well for the type of game that this is, where it's, like, fast response and action. Yeah, but you cannot get control to your phone. That is true. I've been doing that with Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. And with my Dreamcast emulator on my phone also. So. Uh, then we saw Chocobo GP. Johnny, this, I went to the restroom when they first showed this, and I came back, and I was like, that looks like a Black Mage from Final Fantasy. Like, I thought it was, like, Mario Kart DLC. Mm-hmm. And then when they showed, like, they had Gilgamesh, which is, like, one of the, the reoccurring Final Fantasy characters. And then they showed the Chocobo. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, this is a... There hasn't been a Chocobo racing game since the PS1. Oh, uh, I thought this was the first. No, there was a Chocobo racing game on PS1. And so when they showed that, I was like, like this looks kind of like Chocobo racing. I'm like, nah, this is Mario Kart DLC. So who's making this? Chocobo GP, I believe... I don't think it's Square Enix themselves, I think. I was just wondering if it's going to be, like, just a, a copy of Mario Kart. Uh, well, the orig- original, uh, let's see, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it's Square, okay, Square Enix is publishing, it doesn't say who's developing it. Is it also Square? Because I don't think they've done, like, and I don't think they even did the original Chocobo Racing, I think they just, like, licensed it out. It doesn't say, it just says Square Enix, so maybe they are developing it in-house. But this is cool, though, because I, I really liked Chocobo Racing on PS1 back in the day. I didn't own it, but I had a friend who did. And I remember, before I even knew what Final Fantasy was, I played Chocobo Racing before that. Yeah. And that game was, like, really cutesy, really fun. So Since we're, since we're on topic, how did you get your name Chocobo? Your, what is it, your tag? Your gamer tag? Are you talking about Moogle Leader? Yes, what is that? Moogles are the little cute creatures from Final Fantasy, the little white floating creatures with the red palms on their heads. When did you make that decision? Because that's kind of a big decision. Like Moogleinator. I think this was when I got really into Kingdom Hearts, because Kingdom Hearts also has Moogles. So this was like 2006, 2007 around there. I was Moogleinator because I like Moogle. I I like like I'm a dude, right? Obviously, but I'm like really I really like cute things like fat animals, like hippos and pigs. (laughs) And Moogles are just like they're cute, they're adorable, and like I like Moogles, they're fun because they're like they're a reoccurring thing in Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy. So like I want to go with Moogle. 
But then I added the Nader part, like Terminator, to add a little bit of edge to it. Mm. It doesn't probably really work, but balance out the yeah, kind of like cutesy. The... Like I picture like a Moogle with sunglasses and a jacket. When I think of the name, right. like leather jacket, sunglasses, it's like Moogle, but with like a, a Moogle with Terminator, like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, guard. Okay. So Moogle Nader is like the merging of like okay, this is too cutesy. Let me like balance it out with something a little edgier, but not too edgy. Hmm. So that's why I came up with that. Because um, you have to know the history of all that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I use that ta- that handle on um, on Twitter. Yeah. And she like she like she's I have her on Twitter and stuff. She looks at my Twitter account and she, and she like asked me one day like what's what's Moogle? Like she asked me the same meaning. This was like, I think like a year into our relationship. She's like, what is a Moogle name? Wait a minute. And so I had to break it down for her, like Moogles. Or like, I showed her a picture. And she's like, oh okay. And she was just like, whatever about it. Like okay, <laughs> like yeah. something silly. Like okay, whatever. Uh, so yeah, Chocobo GP that's happening. <laughs> Star Wars Knights. Of the, I don't know why they showed this during the conference. So that was funny, but Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the original game that came out in two thousand four on Xbox, mm-hmm. is coming to Switch. Just because I guess I don't know. Kind of funny. Uh, it makes sense with the announcement of Knights of the Republic remake for PS five. Like, like we have Knights of the Republic also. <laughs> like that kind but of. This one comes out sooner. Obviously, yeah, it's a, it's a straight port. Uh, and the last thing I think they showed that I remember was Hot Wheels Unleashed. Right, did you see Hot Wheels Unleashed? This is cool. Yes. It looks really good. Yes, this looks fun. Yeah, uh, I saw some of the reviews. You could create your own track. You got your own like little like loft. We grew area. up with Hot Wheels. I think yeah. I remember you guys used to have a bunch of those orange tracks, right? I had some of the tracks. I had a... Uh, I think my brother had a carpet with the roads and all that. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh... The reason we probably got into it so much though was because of Giovanni, because he I Cars. think he still has his. He collects Hot Wheels in package. Yeah, he, he doesn't ever open them. Probably has them in boxes, all sealed up. Yeah. I used to, I, you know what? For a while back in two thousand five, whoa. For a while back in two thousand five, I started collecting Hot Wheels, and then I stopped when my mom's, my mom hired this cleaning lady to clean our house when I was at school, and she was like busy with work. Yeah. And the cleaning lady brought her daughter with her once, like a four-year, five-year-old daughter. And she, somehow she got into my drawer where I kept all my Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm. And she opened them all, Johnny. Oh, shit. She opened How them many? all. How many? It was probably like, at, at that time, like somewhere between 40 and 50 I had. All of them? She just cracked them all open? She opened the majority of them. Oh, probably not all of them. You know what? Not all of them. But she opened the majority of them enough to like completely like kill my enthusiasm for it. Hmm. I had like the Batmobile... I had one of the, uh, there was one design that was kind of like modeled after like the Oscar Mayer Wiener, the Wienermobile. Mm-hmm. I, I think you guys, had, you guys had a Batmobile to- one too, didn't you? I don't even remember the iconic ones I had. Because Josie, used, your brother Josie used to have like a lot of Hot Wheels also. Yeah, I remember them. I, I don't know what they're called though. But they, when I go back to some like. Did you have like an ice cream truck one? I think I remember an ice cream truck one. I had a ton, dude. I had this white car. I had like this uh, white thing car. that pushed this. Yeah, I, I that's very generic. Like, <laughs> I had this white car. Okay, no, okay, okay. It was yeah. like a white car and it looks like it had uh, fins, but it looked like the Batmobile. Okay, it was like a cream candy paint, and it had like two uh, sides: the passenger and the driver's side, but they were separate. Uh, okay, I don't know how to describe them, but I see them floating around online sometimes, and I'm like, did I? Did I buy a classic? Like, is that one of the classics? Yeah. Because I still have some of them. I, yeah. just, I probably have like a dozen. 
I kind of feel uh, I have too many hobbies, but I kind of feel like picking that one up again. Like, wait, nah. is it too late to start now? You think to get back into Hot Wheels? Not too well. I think the economy is way too shitty for it. I guess investing I in frivolous yeah stuff. Yeah, I guess so. I'd rather just stick to like gaming for now. Pokemon cards would probably be a wiser investment, anyways. Yeah. Anyway, so Hot Wheels Unleashed. Uh, IGN just gave it a review. They gave it a nine. They gave it a nine. So okay. They cited. They gave it a nine, citing like, oh yeah, customization, like the gameplay, the actual game, the core gameplay is actually fun. Mm-hmm. They mentioned like the cars and the tracks and all the like the all the level editor stuff. That's like a really tight experience. So I'm looking forward to. I actually kind of do want like. Not even like as a joke. I really do want to get that game. So, uh, and that was it for the Nintendo Direct stuff. There's a couple other smaller stuff, but it's just not like worth really mentioning. Uh, Act Razor got. I think it got a remake. That was a Super Nintendo game from back in the day, like a random RPG. Okay. Uh, supposedly the new the new one sucks though because people have already been playing it and it's getting bad reviews. So, it is what it is. We're done with that now. Johnny, let's move on to our next story. Every year, not since the first Last of Us, uh, Naughty Dog has done. I think was it was it September twenty third. Is it September twenty? Which one is Last of Us Day? Do you remember? No. It's September twenty something. Like just this past week. Anyways, there's Last of Us. I think it's supposed to be the day that the outbreak happens in their game. Mm-hmm. that's what they call the last of us day and every year they kind of release something like either merchandise or promotional like material last year like on my phone my wallpaper on my on my lock screen is the i forget the guy's name the guy who does the art for metal gear solid yoshi yoshinakawa something i forget i can't remember it's not like that watercolor like artsy look right mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about right it's like watercolor, but it's very sharp at the same time. Yeah, it's not too blobby. It's very like mm-hmm. clear and distinct. He did uh, the art. He reimagined like Last of Us characters in that style, his signature style. Mm-hmm. So that Metal Gear Solid kind of like look, yeah. where it has like Abby kind of looks like kind of like Meryl, sort of like in the cover of the game. Yeah. And so Joel Joel has like the you know the old haggard look with the beard. And Anyways, he like reimagined that art and made, they made it they. Uh, released it as like wallpaper for like your pc and phone i downloaded the phone one mm-hmm. and i still have that as my lock screen like i would show you right now but that, you know it would mess up your eyes and stuff but anyways so that was what they had last year for uh last of us day this year everybody was expecting we'll finally get some like factions mm, info right. yeah a trailer a major reveal sometimes something factions related and all we got really was like, hey, you can buy this Last of Us related guitar, this Last of Us shirt. Is a guitar like a legit full size guitar? Yeah, it's a real guitar. I don't, I don't see where the complaints are coming from. Like, I don't want the Last of Us factions to be revealed on this day. Like, I want it to be on a proper state of play thing. Let's just go ahead. I'm just gonna go into the IGN article right. about this, uh, written by Adam Bankhurst. Naughty Dog on the Last of Us multiplayer project. Quote, in short, we're working on it. Doesn't inspire a lot of hope. While Naughty Dog may not have revealed any new details on the upcoming The Last of Us multiplayer project, it took the time on The Last of Us Day 2021 to ensure fans that it is actively working on it and that it will reveal more when it's ready. 
Naughty Dog's Rochelle Snyder shared the news in a community update after thanking the fans and the team who have all collectively made The Last of Us into the success it has become. Jokingly, Naughty Dog then included this question as a fan would write. Yeah, that's lovely and great, Naughty Dog, but what are you doing with The Last of Us right now? In short, we're working on it, Naughty Dog answered. We see the community comments as many of you clamor for multiplayer and want updates. For now, we'll say that we love what the team is developing and want to give them time to build out their ambitious project. We'll reveal more when it's ready. To that end, we've been busy growing our team inside the kennel since The Last of Us Part Two launched and are currently in full swing of hiring for MP multiplayer related positions hint hint so if you or somebody you know qualifies for anything you see on our jobs page please apply for those of who are unaware or may not remember naughty dog announced that it had made the difficult choice to not include an online multiplayer mode in last of us part 2 after the scope and ambition of the game single player campaign reached a level even the team had not anticipated however considering the love many have for the last of us faction mode Naughty Dog reassured fans that it would be returning in some form in the future. While we still don't know if this will be a standalone game, part of a future collection of The Last of Us games and or part of a new game, we do, we do know that Naughty Dog is hard at work at making it a reality. In our opinion, a standalone The Last of Us multiplayer game is actually a great idea. Even though that wasn't the most substantial update, Naughty Dog and HBO did share the first look of the upcoming The Last of Us series, which gave us our first look at Pedro Pascal's Joel and Bella Ramsey's Ellie. That's the end of the article. So that, again, is from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. So, Johnny, we didn't get... Uh, we kind of just got, like, a please please continue to wait kind of thing mm-hmm. update. Uh, last of Us Part Two came out, what, June-ish of last year? Mm-hmm. Right? We're now in the fall of this year, a year later, and still, like, no solid, like, not even, like, a screenshot. Nothing really. How do you feel about that, Johnny? Do you, do you still have confidence in the project, or do you think this is kind of, like, a bad sign that they're kind of floundering? No, I'm still confident in the project. Last year, when we realized that we're not going to get the multiplayer, I figured it'd be a year away from now. Now I feel like it's maybe a year and a half, two years from release. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they could have shown a little bit of the development, like maybe just concept the, art. Yeah, concept art. Maybe just shows the workbench. What kind of guns are we playing with in the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just one new character. Some landscape some or something. Yeah, landscapes would have been dope. Um, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't get the complaining. Like, yeah, it tri- would have been nice, but I don't, I don't see the complaining being productive at all. So Night Dog still has your full trust. Yeah. Okay. Did you see the screenshot of the of the HBOs? Oh yeah. Uh, How are you feeling about that? It does kind of capture the feel, but like I've said before, I don't really like Pedro Pascal as for this. Yeah, we talked so about it. So I'm just I'm just like not into it. Doesn't uh-huh. do anything for me. Like I see him in the image, and the first thing I think is like, he looks too strawny. Like Joel <laughs> looks like. Uh, he doesn't look. Joel that was like- a bad motherfucker to me. Right. right. He's a father figure to me. And I'm looking at Pedro right there, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm jacking your backpack. I'm taking all your shit, you know? (laughs) You're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm kind of excited, though. I think I'm more excited for the show than I am for Factions, honestly. I'm not a huge multiplayer fan of, like, Last of Us, so. Uh, Sort of. The thing with the Factions is 
how much are we going to re- release initially, you know, because it's going to be like a service game. We're right. assuming. Probably. And games that tend to last forever don't... That's not just... It can't just be a one and done if it wants to compete and, like, survive. Yeah, yeah. It has to have constant updates and feed into it and stuff. Yeah. I got you. Uh, I don't know. But like I said, I'm more excited for the show because I'm just curious. To see. I, I want to see what they do with the story. Like, is it just going to be a straight adaptation or is it going to be kind of a... You know, we're flying by the seat of our chair kind of thing. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing, Johnny. This one's a little more fun story. Um... So, in the same Nintendo Direct we referenced earlier, there was uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario, came on, interrupted the whole thing to kind of talk about, like, by the way, like, here's the cast for the Mario Brothers movie next year. Mm-hmm. Johnny, let's take a look at the cast list. We have Chris Pratt. This is the one that's gotten the most, like, flack on the internet. Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt as Mario. Now, some people are giving him flack because... They're not sure how in the world Chris Pratt's going to pull off a Mario voice. And then there's another section of the internet that just really doesn't like Chris Pratt because of his, like, religious, like, connections and stuff. Yeah. Johnny, do you fall into either of those camps? I like Chris Pratt. So neither can. So you think he can pull off Mario? I don't see why not. I hear hear people do Mario's voice all the time. Is there any way Chris, Chris Pratt couldn't pull it off? Is there any way you can do the Mario voice without sounding, like, offensive towards Italians, you think? You mean to sound exactly like Mario sounds? He would have to... Well, the only person who I think can pull that off is Charles Martinet, who is, like, traditionally the lifelong, like, voice actor for Mario. I think he's the only one who can do, like, the Mario voice and, like, do it, like, perfectly. But see this this little drama here about being racist? Not racist. What are you saying? Stereotypical. Stereotypical? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I, I don't. I don't see where the conflict is. Can you imagine at. Chris Pratt doing like a Mario voice though? Sure. Like like woohoo and yeah. all that. I mean, you got it pretty good right there. I don't see why Chris Pratt can. Well, Chris Pratt has a more. different voice range than I do. Do you think he could do that for an entire movie just to like, mamma mia, and do all that or like? Sure. Do you think a, a Mario movie would have to have Mario like that, where he just talks like how he does in the games, or would you think they're gonna go for the different voice approach for Mario, make him more like? Not regional, like make him like a universal everyday kind of person. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that too, cause I mean like Sonic, does he sound like Sonic? He never had a fucking voice. He right? does in the cartoons. The cartoons that came out early in the nineties, voiced by Ur- the guy who did Urkel, Jaleel White. Okay, well, the voice was it the same as it is currently? Pretty close. Pretty close. Not quite, but pretty close. Okay, so not exactly. Ben Schwartz, accurate. right? Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic in the movie, but he's. Pretty close to it, to like the cartoon one. All right, what about uh, Doctor Robotnik? I have well, okay, so Jim I don't does not sound like him at all. Nowhere, yeah, you're right, not even close, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, what's his name is gonna do Donkey Kong? Well, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. So okay, so Chris Pratt, do you think that's a good hiring choice that's for Mario? Do you think they just went for the name recognition rather than the actual talent, or do you think they? Something in the casting, like something in the in the auditions, like like that's our Mario right there. What do you think? Do you think they're going for name recognition? Like people know Chris Pratt as Guardians of the Galaxy, the Tomorrow, the both. Tomorrow War. Hmm? I think it was both. I think it was. Hey, Chris Pratt seems like a nice guy. He's do you think they pitched record. it? Do they think they pitched it to him, or do you think he he actually like auditioned for it and then they said like okay? I don't know. 
I'm thinking they probably pitched it to him, like, are you interested in this role? And he's like, maybe. And like, okay, like, let's try you out. And, like, and then, like, okay, like, we got it. That could be it. I'm thinking. Next one, we have Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. Uh, Johnny, did you watch The Queen's Gambit? No. I just the, started the it. Okay. Started. So we have her, Anya Taylor-Joy. She's also in uh, that X-Men movie, New Mutants or whatever. The Mutants, the, the horror one. Hasn't released, has it? Yeah, it came out last year. People forgot about it. Okay. <laughs> she she plays magic in the... In I the, gotta see that one. Was she's it ma- any good? I've never seen it. All right. She's magic in that one. She does, she's done other roles too here and there. Do you think... Do you know enough about her to have like an opinion of as Peach? No. I think she can pull it off. She kind of has like a very like somber, um, serious kind of... Not approach. Uh, I guess voice. If they if she kind of lightens her tone a little bit, I think she can pull off Peach. She kind of come off a little more dainty. Kind of like Peaches. Yeah, which half of Twitter isn't going to like because they're going to say they don't want the damsel in distress type of thing. I don't think they're going to do that. I imagine, You know what I imagine? Okay, this is... See, this is, what I, this is what's in my head right now. Go like, ahead. They're complaining about Chris Pratt. I think Pratt is going to do a fine job. And there's like all this culture, like culture war shit. If Peach goes with the original voice, then I think it'll be cool, right? If it sounds like Peach, cool. But I feel like they're going to go with a more like uh, a stronger woman type of I was going to say that I figured and that's not that's not like original you know so it's like they want one thing but they also don't at the same time you think we're going to get like a modern modern uh, yeah she's going to be like talking back to the characters right talking back to the I, I don't know how to say it my fucking brain isn't talking uh, back like like she's a student or like no, a kid no she's going to be like you... a little spicy Oh, okay, a little flair, a little... a little banter between oh, okay. between the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the original Peach. I don't know what Peach really is. I mean, she's sometimes a damsel in distress, but like, if you play like Mario Party or Smash, she's not. She's not. She's clearly capable. For sure, yeah, she is. Yeah, but her voice doesn't project that. I mean, there's a game. There's a, there's actually uh, Princess Peach DS, a game where the Switch is it. Bowser finally gets like smart and he kidnaps Mario instead mm-hmm. and prisons Mario and then Peach is the one that goes to save him. It's a DS game from like 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. But there is like there is a precedent for Peach to kind of, you know, roll up her sleeves and get down and dirty. But the actor, I, I don't I really haven't seen her work. So how do you think that's going to project onto the character? Well, that's what I'm concerned about cuz she has like a very like her voice isn't like dainty naturally like peaches mm-hmm. so she might have to kind of like i don't make herself sound like younger or kind of like a higher like pitch mm-hmm. oh that's an interesting choice uh then we have charlie day as luigi which to me is like the most perfect casting for luigi i've heard of that often charlie day is have you seen horrible bosses no okay have you ever seen uh community not community um sunny uh, i think it's always sunny in philadelphia no. He kind of has like this kind of like anxious, whiny voice, sort of in a way. Mm-hmm. Like that's his character. It comes off as like pleading and kind of anxious and like worried. He has like that kind of. He plays those type of characters. So as Luigi, I feel is perfect because Luigi's kind of like that character where he's like Mario. Like he's like very kind of like yeah, the like nervous wreck yeah, and yeah. like the un- inc- like not confident like brother. So yeah, I think, like he's being dragged into a situation he doesn't. Exactly, he's kind of like if you, do you remember Rugrats. Yeah, 
if Mario is Tommy, he's like Chucky. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be part of this, but like, I'm getting dragged in anyways, kind of thing. Yeah. Then we have Jack Black as Bowser. Um, this. The next ones that are coming up, I'm like, is this voice going to be too heavy handed or. Because Jack Black as Bowser. It makes perfect sense and at the same time doesn't make sense. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Where it's like, yeah, like that's great casting, and at the same time, it's like, wait, what kind of Bowser are we getting? Are we getting like a, like a heavy metal slobby kind of like? Yeah, because Bowser. Are the, we getting? Are we getting like the Jack Black from like the Jumanji movies, where he's kind of more like, goofy and? Because you know? Jack Black, in the films, I, I don't feel like it's just the films. It's like really him. You know? Yeah, his yeah his character comes through like as do in School of Rock. That's totally Jack Black right yeah, there. Yeah. So are we just gonna get Jack Black as as Bowser, or is he gonna get deep into the role and try to be like an actual Bowser? Is Bowser? he gonna create a, a new character persona? You know, like, are you gonna forget that it's Jack Black? I don't think so. I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jack Black's gonna come through as Jack Black. They hired him to be Jack Black. Exactly. Yeah. As Bowser though, with a Bowser skin on him, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I hope I hope it's not too jarring because like I understand why certain actors get hired over and over, but like after a while you kind of just stop seeing them as a character and they're just that actor. Like Will Smith is always gonna be like whatever movie you're you're not gonna forget who he is in the movie. You know what I mean? It's gonna be that's still Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? Sort of. He can still pull it off. Jack Black though is is just basically playing himself. I feel like yeah. in everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see how it comes through in the voice. Felt like so. Morgan Friedman too. He can't really play anybody. He can't else. get lost into a role because he just knows more. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, then we have uh, Key Michael Key as Toad. I can kind of see the hello. Like you kind, I can see him doing the Toad voice. Toad has a very like shrill, particular voice. Like hi, hello. I don't like, feel like he's gonna do that. I think he can pull it off. Toad, you ha- you have to nail Toad. Toad has like this shrill, kind of annoying voice, where he's like freaking out and stuff. He's like very like scary, like not scary. He gets scared easily. He's very frantic. He's very kind of like on the heels of every character. Like, hold on, guys. Like, what's going on? Like, like, but he has this voice where he speaks like, hello. Like, I can't do the voice properly, but it's like a shrill, annoying voice. I think Michael Key as a comedian, as an actor, I think he can pull it off. You think they got him because he created a good voice or because it's him? And he's going to have maybe jokes that are kind of like. I could see it. I could see it going both ways. You think maybe Toad is going to have, like, some very crude jokes? I don't think, yeah, I don't think, like, he's like, hey, I want to be Toad. I think it's more like, Michael Keel, are you interested, Keegan Michael Keel, are you interested in being Toad? And it's like, well, tell me, like, you know, what are some of the lines, or, like, what kind of humor? I think he definitely is the kind of actor for this role to be approached, not for him to be like, like, my agent, get me on that Mario. I don't think it's mm-hmm. like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I think he, I think he can do it. If they have confidence in him, I think he can do it. Then we have what I think is the funniest one. We have Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. And I just picture that Seth Rogen laughed the huh, 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 huh as yeah, Donkey I Kong. I don't want it. I don't want it. You don't want it? Nah. It's like, gee, guys. I don't... Like, just Donkey Kong talking like Seth Rogen. No, because like, like Seth gee, Rogen, you think about him as like the high guy. The exactly. The Express guy. Yeah. And to me, that's the not... Huh, 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 huh. That's not... Uh, he's, what is he playing? Bowser, right? No, he's Donkey like, Kong. Donkey Kong, yeah. Uh, okay, it kind of makes sense, but I think his voice might be a little overbearing. Same situation with, uh... Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black. Yeah. 
I think I would have wanted them switched, maybe. Mm. No, never mind. I don't want Jack Black as Donkey Kong. That's weird. But I, I think Seth Rogen would be better as Bowser than Jack Black is. Nah. I think so. Nah, I wish they uh, got Bowser as just some heavy dude, you know? More of a serious character. Idris Elba as Bowser. Would you go for that? Nah. Nah, how? I would have liked The Rock to be Donkey Kong, I think. I feel like that makes that more sense. Work. Right? Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think Bowser would be better played at by... Uh, you know what would be good would be a Bruce Willis Bowser. No. Oh, oh, Christopher Christopher Walken as Bowser. No. Because wow. <laughs> I, I don't know, that would just be hilarious. No, he like, could have been Toad. Mario. Like, Toad would have been worked. Perfect. Maybe not perfect, but it would have worked. <laughs> I always just picture Bowser signing like Christopher Walken and it's like, Mario, hand over the princess. Don't make me ask again. <laughs> Christopher Walken as Bowser would be hilarious. Of course, I know it's bad casting, but no, nah, it it could could have been the uh, what is it called? The Rock. What Rock? The Rock that the Thwomp. Yes. The Earth. Christopher Walken. Yes, yes. <laughs> would be funny. Uh, and then we have let's see. Uh, do you know who Fred Armisen is? Nah. Johnny. He's uh he's he did the Portlandia shows. He was also he does guest he does like a lot of reoccurring guest roles on different like uh, situational like sitcoms. Uh, I'm trying to remember if he has like a big movie role. He's had a couple that I can't really name off the top of my head, but he's like a SNL like that kind of actor. Uh-huh. He's Cranky Kong, so he's like the original Donkey Kong, the OG DK. Okay. So he's Cranky Kong. Uh, he could probably pull it off. He has he definitely has a huge vocal range for different characters where he plays like silly and goofy and like serious at the same time. Yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, that's kind of it. There's like a few more, but I don't know those characters well enough to comment. There's Kamek. So where do you think this is going? Like, why is it Mario? The the original cast, like the Charles Martin, the main group is oh. you know Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Donkey Kong. Like they're kind of their own separate thing. Yeah. Where do you think the movie's going? I'm wondering why we don't have a Yoshi. That's what I'm wondering. Why is there no Yoshi character? Yoshi credit made credit reveal and credit reveal. You thinking? Maybe Wario end credit reveal, I'm thinking. Yeah, Wario, Yoshi. Who are we missing? We're missing so many little characters. Like, the, who's the, a star character? The Bowser Jr., the Koopalings, maybe? As a, like... The back, underlings? The little kids, yeah, yeah. These kids. I don't know. I'm not... Are you asking me where do I think the story's going? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Because off the bat, it's like Donkey Kong and Mario. Well, Donkey Kong, I could see him being involved because Donkey Kong has like an age-old rivalry within Nintendo with Mario. Because okay. ever since the original uh, Mario Brothers, when he's like throwing the barrels at him, you think and... it's gonna be based off that. Off of I think that, I think that there's gonna be some kind of rivalry mentioned. I think some people mention like Donkey Kong's probably in it as a segue for Donkey Kong to get his own movie, probably in the future, like a Donkey Kong Country movie. All right, which that, would be pretty dope. That film sounds dope. Which sounds I rather I'm more interested in that in the Martin in the yeah, Mario movie, sure. honestly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I can't. I have no. I have no frame of reference or mind of where the story could go. There is uh, Kamek. Kamek is the. If you ever seen, he's like the guy. He's with the wand. He's on the. He's usually on the broom. He's a. He's that wizard with the weird swirly glasses. No, I remember that guy. He's in a lot of the Mario games. Kamek. He he. he, He's like a. He looks. He has like a wizard's hat. He's on a broom. He has like a magic rod, and he has like the spirally glasses. He looks like a Koopa, but he has like a robe and a 
I know you've seen Kamek before. No. The guy who shows up on the broom with, like, the wand and he has, like, this wizard hat. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he has, like, the spiral goggle-looking glasses. Like, 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 little spirals on them. And he's, like, some kind of... usually He's usually, like, Bowser's magical, like, second-in-command. Mm-mm. Really? Okay, forget it. Anyways, that's a, another character who's, like, supposed to be in it. So that kind of gives me an idea of, like... This feels like it's going to be, like, a Super Nintendo-themed Mario Party... Uh, Mario movie. I'm guessing. That's why we don't see Wario or, like, any of them yet. Oh, okay. That's just my guess. Uh, moving on to the last thing before we finish our news stories for the week. Johnny has an unusual interest in the Demon Slayer game that's coming out. Oh, it just looks dope. Uh, uh, Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles. Yeah, I was just asking because the, the combat looks amazing in this. The animations, uh, it all looks very fluid. But you say you've already watched some of it, right? Yeah, I've seen the anime. I haven't finished the first season. I'm only up, I'm like episode 17 or 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demon Slayer is well-renowned for its beautiful art style. Yeah, Very it beautiful. It has like has like the old Japanese woodblock kind of look for some of like the animations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has like this weird pseudo three D look sometimes when it goes into like a specific action scene where like, the camera pans around mm-hmm. and kind of gives it death and like a layered look like it's like a three D sh- like show kind of thing. Um, I think this one's being made by Bandai Namco. I could be wrong. I'm not 100 percent sure. It looks like a f- traditional fighting game but there's also it looks like there's like kind of like a side campaign thing on the side like a side story mm-hmm. uh, i'm just gonna go into the ign article it talks about it uh cyber connect 2 okay so that's the developer i'm guessing cyber connect 2 has established itself as one of the best in the business when it comes to anime two video game adaptations with the naruto ultimate ninja storm series standing tall as some of the most faithful and visually spectacular of that group along with dragon ball z kakarot offering up an extremely respectable take on the story legacy of DBZ. The team's next project is the truly excellent anime Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaba. And based on my early experience with the Hinokami Chronicles, it's exactly what you expect from CyberConnect 2. Absolutely jaw-dropping recreations of Demon Slayer's most memorable story moments, approachable combat with some of the wildest super moves you'll ever see, and more than a few rough edges, but none sharp enough to dampen the excitement of a big Demon Slayer fan. That is excellent writing. If you've played any of the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games, a lot of about the Hinokami Chronicles story mode will be very familiar. Okay, so there is a story mode, it looks like. Mm-hmm. With, I'm guessing, parts where you do fight specific characters from the show, like at that point in the story. And then kind of like a side thing going on. This is an abridged retelling of the story of Demon Slayer, so it's not 100% like faithful. Covering the events all the way up to the end of the first season, focusing primarily on the biggest moments of the 26-episode anime. Hinokami Chronicles actually takes a page out of the playbooks of the first two Ultimate Ninja Storm games by putting you directly in the shoes of its main characters, whether that's Tanjiro, which is the main guy with the green like checkered shirt, uh, Zenitsu, who I think is the guy with the pig head on his head. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Or Inosuke, which I think is the other guy with the yellow outfit. And lets you wander around its world talking to NPCs, finding collectible memories. That are, okay, so there is an open world and then there's like a story mode kind of bridged together, it seems like. Uh, finding collectible memories that unlock scenes from the anime and sniffing out demon scents that lead you towards your eventual destination. 
They'll also do battle with plenty of non-canonical enemies in the form of basic demons, which tend to just leap out of thin air and attack you in certain areas. But the real stars of this mode are the big battles against the main villains of each arc. These are epic fights against foes that can power themselves up and become all but impervious to your attacks, forcing you to fight against them very differently than you would a normal enemy in versus mode. Deal enough damage to them and you'll trigger one of CyberConnect 2's famous QTE-laden finales that are nearly shot-for-shot recreations of the same climatic scenes from the anime using in-engine visuals. That actually sounds really cool. That sounds really dope. These are truly a sight to behold and only serve to further prove that CyberConnect 2 is the master of bringing anime spectacle to the world of video games. Uh, it looks like there's a little bit more. Okay, it's like an arena fighter. So, okay. Kind of makes sense. So, if you played any of the Naruto games, it's, it basically plays a lot like that. Uh, Alright, sounds interesting. This is the kind of game that I would play eventually because I do like Demon Slayer a lot. Just not enough to buy it at full price at launch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Johnny, if I do get it, obviously you'll have access to it, but uh, it looks pretty, it looks fun. I'll give it that. It looks fun. I'll give it that. So, um, that kind of concludes our stories for this week. Johnny, what have you been playing since the last time we recorded? You go first. That tells me you probably haven't played that much, huh? Uh, sort of. Okay. I completed several games since the last time we met. Mm. Um, I finished. I finally finished Lost in Random. Okay. That was pretty fun. Uh, well, did it change at all, like the ending? Mm, no, the gameplay kind of stayed the same. It actually kind of the 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 gameplay gimmick of like the dice and the cards mm -hmm. started to wear a little thin. Yeah. Towards the like I think the last three hours of the game, I was kind of like I just wanted to get wanted to be over with. Uh, the pacing for the game is fine. The story, the pacing as you explore the different parts of the world, mm -hmm. each one's kind of based on the dice. Or the die, whatever you want to call it. So, like, you start off in one town. The next one is, I think, uh, two town? And three is three-dom, like a kingdom, and three together, three-dom. Four-berg is the one that follows after. Five-topolis is like, okay, it goes through all six. There's like six different areas based off of the numbers on the mm -hmm. dice, right? Um, you get more cards. You can buy more cards. You, get, you earn currency from the battles to buy more cards, and you switch those cards throughout your deck. By halfway through the game, I kind of just st stuck with the same cards because I felt like the perfect balance of what worked for me. So beyond finding like upgraded versions of the same cards, I really didn't change my deck anymore. Mm -hmm. So about halfway through the game, I was just like set in my ways in terms of what deck cards I was using. Towards the end of the game, they start throwing way, way more enemies at you, like waves of enemies. And that's like when the gameplay kind of doesn't really hold up. Because it's fun when you have like small skirmishes, but when you have like long, d old, drawn out battles, mm -hmm. the whole dice and card, card game gimmick kind of just feel like, okay, like I'm kind of tired of this already. Mm -hmm. It starts to feel very samey and very repetitive. So I finished the game because I'm like, I made it this far. I think around, around Forberg, which is about two thirds of the game, is when I was like, like this gameplay gimmick is not going to hold up all the way to the end and of course i was right i got towards the end i love the story i love the characters i love like the world very tim burton-esque very kind of like psychonauts like the design of the characters like very goofy mm -hmm. but the gameplay did not hold up all the way till the end you don't think you could have just modified your gameplay by 
changing like you said your deck you know because you always went for health you always went for defense i thought about that i was like maybe i'm playing this to like optimize i'm sure it i was thinking about that as i finished i was like what if i did like kind of play around with like different combinations i think that might have like prolonged my enjoyment a little bit more mm -hmm. at the same time i think i was just tired of the loop of the loop of trying to hit weak spots so i can gain points using the points to activate the card effects and then my like, weapons breaking and doing the same thing over again. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think switching it up would have made it a little bit more enjoyable longer, but in the end it would still, I would still have the same problem in the end. Yeah. Cause it sounds like maybe you just decided to go, you're already optimized. Let me just get it, get the game over with. Right? Yeah. Okay. But I think switching up the cards might've like a lot, like if I toyed around with like different combinations, it might've been a little bit more fun for longer. Mm hmm. But in the end, it's the combat loop of what leads to what that kind of got me bored, really, after, towards the end, at least. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I finished Lost in Random. Overall, I enjoyed the game. I just, it's just a really, it's really just a minor complaint. But gameplay is, like, a huge part of the game, so at the same time, like, if I had to give this a score, I'd probably give, it like, a 7 out of 10. Okay. Which is still not, it's not, seven's not bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not like this isn't like a masterpiece or whatever, you know what I mean? So I'd give it like a seven, maybe seven point no, seven. Seven's good. Seven's good. Uh I also completed uh one of the games that I bought from when we got the gift cards and stuff, uh Toa. Mm -hmm. It's a very short, like four hour game. It's very wholesome, kind of just one of those games you can just play when you don't want to think too hard, you just want to relax. Mm -hmm. So in Toem, you're you're a little character, you're given like a a camera right and you go around you go to different areas in the game and you kind of saw you take on quest and you solve puzzles by taking pictures of things yeah so like one character asks you like hey like i can't i'm looking for like pictures of these like bugs i'm collecting bug photos can you take these and like so you'll, you'll go in that area and you'll hunt down like the bugs to take pictures of and stuff then you go back and you present your albums like like do you have the pictures and you have to like manually choose the pictures like these are the ones and they're like okay completion he gives you like a stamp and the way you progress is you move on to the next area after you've gotten like a certain amount of stamps in that area mm -hmm. so it's kind of like if you play mario 64 where you have to get stars to get to like the next area mm -hmm. we're just replacing stars with stamps stamps in your book once you have enough stamps the bus will give you a free ride to the next location and so, like, you start off in your home area. You move on to, like, a like a national park. There's a beach setting, the city setting, and then finally, like, the snowy mountains, like, the last one. There's, like, five world areas, I guess you call it. Mm -hmm. And each of these world areas is broken down into, like, smaller sections. Like, the city is, like, the biggest one because, like, it has, like, so many, like, neighborhoods and stuff. But as you go around, you kind of just take pitch. It's a really short game. I enjoyed it for what it was. I can't think... Of many games I played where the main uh, mechanic is not combat based because mm -hmm. there is no combat. It's you're just taking pictures, you're delivering pictures to people, and they kind of you know give you stamps, reward you with stamps, and then you move on to the next thing. And you do find there's like items you find in the world that help you take better pictures. For example, you need there's a picture you need to take in an area that's like heavy rain heavy, and the only way you can take the picture is if you get the umbrella. You have to get an umbrella, and the umbrella allows you to take pictures without, like, rain being an issue kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a mechanic where you have to, like, traverse the side of a mountain, and you have to get, like, these, like, hiking boots that have, like, spikes on the bottom. Mm -hmm. 
So you have to like unlock the boots to get to the higher spot. When you get to the higher spot, like you get like more variety in terms of like what you can take pictures of, and like that's the only way you can complete certain side quests. So there's kind of like a fun exploration, trying out, trying to fill, trying to complete the areas. Like there's like hidden like things you can take pictures of that you kind of give like a vague description of, mm-hmm. and you can do that on the side, and it kind of it's like extra content. It's not important, but if you're going for the platinum, like I have half of the trophies. I kind of want to go back for the platinum, but I have to do like a lot of searching, so I might just use a guide for that. Cause like, they want me to look for specific things. And I'm like, I don't have the patience for that. If I have a guide, I'll probably do it. But um, anyways, Tome, it's like a four hour short game. You think this uh, photo thing is is more gimmicky, or do you think it's a pretty legit mechanic? Okay, well, how would you define gimmicky and legit? How would you differentiate those? Like, is it actually fun taking photos? Does it? Does it feel like uh, the game really wanted you to take the photo the way that it's set up? Or do, do you feel like you really have enough input to feel like it's it's fun? Like, is it really legit? Like, fun? I, okay, what I find fun about the game, uh, first of all, the game is also like, it's all in black and white. It has like this hand-drawn aesthetic mm-hmm. where like you're moving the camera around, but like everything looks like, you know those games where you turn around and the perspective is always front-facing no matter how much you change it? Mm-hmm. Kind of like it has like that. Uh, I'm trying to remember what game does the same thing, but it's like one of those things like where the background changes, but the characters always front facing kind of thing. So like the characters like kind of loop around, you never see the backside kind of thing. Okay. So it has like a very like hand drawn, artsy kind of aesthetic. Um, I think it's fun. I I had I had fun. I mean that's the most important thing when you're playing a game is are you having fun? I had fun. To address your question about it being gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, because they just want you to take a picture. Sometimes they don't really care how you take the picture. They just want a picture. Like, even if it's only partial picture, like, they'll accept it in the game. So, is it gimmicks? Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of games have gimmicks. So, this, it being, like, the core gameplay, taking pictures and stuff. Yeah, I guess that's what I meant. Like, the photo part. It felt like it fit well. It felt like it fit well within the scope of the game. I enjoyed it. It would never... Unlike Lost in Random, I think that game is too short for me to get tired of taking pictures of. Because hmm. you do have like a limit on your photo album, so you have to like delete certain pictures after a certain amount of time to make room for more. Okay. What were you going to say? Like you had a question. Yeah, okay. Because it's, it's a big tangent. Uh, well, kind of big. I know you have another game. But like really quickly, because of the thing that popped into my head was uh, there was a film that I started. I just didn't complete it. But I, I, the premise sounds pretty dope. Did yeah. you ever see Night Stalker? No. Um, damn, Wait, the Night Stalker, like the guy who was killing people in L.A.? I don't know if the film was based on him, but that sounds like a badass game to make, dude. Like, based on photos? Like, imagine you're a reporter, and you're taking photos of crimes, and eventually you start committing the crimes yourselves. Oh, I never heard of that, no. And then, uh, I think that was the, the entire premise. I, didn't, I just started the damn thing. But you'd think that, that'd be badass, dude. Like, you're going around, you're like a journalist, you take the photos, eventually you start committing crimes, and this is a damn pitch, almost, but uh, uh, you start committing the crimes, but you start taking the photos of the crimes that you committed, but then as the game progresses, it'd be cool if, if they start catching on to you, and then you're on the scene, and you start modifying the things that, that the crime oh, scene Oh, covering your is. tracks. Yeah, so the way you, you cover them is... You start covering mm. your tracks, but you got to take photos of all these events. Mm. 
That sounds fucking fun to me as a fo- photo game. That is a tangent, right? <laughs> yeah, but I can see. Okay, yeah, that would be a great pitch. I like the idea. I like the photo thing and like modifying evidence and kind of covering your tracks. That sounds cool. I think that's kind of like what heavy. No, because I was thinking like, what what is it about the game that you're enjoying? Like with photo photography being the core. I'm enjoying it being stress free and kind of just being uh, something you kind of right. approach as like this is something to kind of just. It's kind of like doing a coloring book in a way where it's like you're kind of just on autopilot, but you're enjoying the time you're on autopilot. You're mm-hmm. kind of just like not thinking. You're kind of just rolling with stuff. Okay. That's what I mostly liked about Toem. So um, it's 20 bucks. I think right now full price, that's at 20 I got it for like 18 because of the sale. Uh, hard to recommend a game for 20 bucks that only lasts four hours, I think, kind yeah, of. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're one of those people who you are, like, money per hour. Like, that's, like, one of your main factors when buying a game. I feel like I... If I did, I don't feel robbed. I feel like it was a good price because I enjoyed the time I spent with the game. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first times in a while where I played a game and I kind of just, like... Like, I'm, I'm aware that I'm having fun at the same time. Because yeah. most games, I'm like, am I having fun right now? Or am I just kind of going through the motions, right? Yeah, sometimes that'll happen. That happens, right? Yeah. But Tome was, like, one of the first games in a while. Uh, at least, like, at least a year I can think of where I'm like, like, this is a good time. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Like, this is, yeah. like, fun, cutesy, wholesome. Like, it's it's a good time. It's one, it's definitely one of those games you go ahead and just want to relax to. You don't want to think too hard about. Yeah, it's, it's also a question I ask because... Like, I do want to get into, like, different genres and stuff. Yeah. And I like to get an idea of, like, what emotions are you feeling that that isn't selling me on the game, you know, that I haven't felt. I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, if you want action, like, Tome's definitely not going to be for that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just, like, getting lost and exploring this world and kind of just, like, you know, shutting your mind off in a way. You're just kind of just doing stuff and, like... You're aware that you're kind of just like kind of roaming and just kind of doing your own thing, but it's fun in a way that's not a traditional game. If that makes, I don't know if I'm making sense here. I'm kind of just thinking of the words that come to my head, but I get you. But you're gonna bring up uh, what's it called? Uh, your next game. Um, what's my next game? <laughs> Open world. Watch Dogs? Oh, Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, I just started Watch Dogs Legion like two, three days ago. Okay. I finally got around to it. So I finished Toem. I finished Lost in Random. I was like, okay, let me get to the next game I have. Watch Dogs Legion is the complete opposite of Toem where I'm like, kind of, it's an Ubisoft game. So like right off the bat, the map is like overwhelming with like. I was about to ask that because it's, once it's an Ubi game, I'm like, there's something, something's going to be wrong about this shit. Because it has a lot of, like, uh, aspects of the game, which are great. Yeah. But then there's, like, some shit that really throws you for a loop. So what is it in, in Watch Dogs that does that? What what I like about Watch Dogs Legion so far that I'm playing is I like how you're not limited to one main character. Okay. The gimmick, I guess if you want to call it the gimmick, I'll call it the core gameplay experience, the core gameplay mechanic, is that you can recruit any NPC off the street. Yeah, the name is perfect. Legion or yeah, what? Legion, okay. Yeah. And like you can like do like sometimes they need, they need convincing. Like some of them you can tell like on the side they'll be like if they have the thumbs down like you can't you're not going to be able to recruit them off the bat. You got to like win them over. Mm-hmm. Some of the characters like you can just recruit them instantly. But it's like I saw okay so like one of the main one of my main characters I'm playing as now like I had to recruit him off the street and I saw like his stats. I'm like oh like this guy would be awesome to be like because he has like 
every person you recruit has like at least one like passive ability it may be more than that mm-hmm. or they have like a unique vehicle or a unique weapon so like you'll see people passing on the street and then you'll target them with like your like your phone or your sensor or whatever and it'll give you like a quick bio like this is their name this is their occupation here are like the things unique to them so like for example i recruited a construction worker because his abilities were he has like a nail gun he always has a nail gun mm-hmm. and he comes with he has like an ability to like he can hijack drones for construction so like well he's one of the ones you have to get for the story purpose like it's, it's like oh we need someone who can do like you know hijack drones like efficiently and it's like who do we know and then like the game like shows you like okay we'll probably need a construction worker and so you go to the construction site but there's like a lot of construction workers mm-hmm. so you can kind of like scan them and each construction worker has like the the drone thing but then they have like a different variant of like a different weapon or maybe they have like a different passive ability also mm-hmm. like oh this person if they get a like this one has like parole officer if they get arrested it takes a long time for them to come back into your roster or like another one's like this one has like a like their friend they have like somebody they know in the courts or the police department if they get arrested they have a short cooldown before they join you again so that feels very polished because it seems like one of those things in development where it sounds very daunting to make everybody like specific. No, you can tell for sure these are just like uh, we call it procedur- procedurally generated. All right. Like soup. Like you'll hear like the voices and you're like, oh, that voice does not go with that character model. Uh-huh. Like you'll like like the construction worker sounds like very dainty and very sophisticated. And it's like mm-hmm. not to say constru- not to say construction workers are not like intelligent. But when I hear a construction worker, I think of like someone like gruff and like a thick, you know strong but bassy voice, like you know what I mean. So like the voices, the dialogue, the way they look, because they'll be like similar characters. Where I'm like, this one looks okay. This one has a different shirt than this person, but otherwise they're identical. When you said construction, dainty construction worker, I thought about the YMCA. The what? The what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, you can tell everything's procedurally generated, like the names. I imagine there's probably just like a what you call it, like a database of just names they just throw together for every NPC you come across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, da- I'm pretty sure it's not daunting the way you think. It's probably, I'm sure it's daunting to come up with all the assets and stuff. Okay. But you can tell this is like procedurally generated. Like there is no like unique character that's like in every single copy of the game. They're like, oh yeah, that person. You know what I mean? Like it's very much kind of just everything's thrown together randomly. In a way, it has to make sense, right? Mm-hmm. like there's a character that i have who's she's an actress like a famous actress which somehow she's part of this like group somehow but like she has like one of her passives is like she's famous so like you when you get spotted by, by the police like it's very, it takes a long time for the police to like lose your trail because you know you're gonna draw attention social media attention oh, but she has a dope ass car as like one of her like things that is unique to her so she has like it looks, it looks like she has like a lamborghini basically okay so like Every time you want to fast travel or drive around the city, if you're playing as that character, you can just call in, like, your your badass, like, Lamborghini shows up. And then she has, like, there's a character, one of the characters I have is, like, an older woman, where she's, like, a, her, like, background is, she's, like, she's into finance and stuff. So she will passively earn you money because she, she invests in stocks, supposedly. Mm-hmm. So when you're playing as her, any action where, you like, you hack into something, where you beat up something, beat up someone, or do anything, like, it just earns you money passively that other characters can't do for you. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, like, different ways. You can build your team in different ways for, like, different, like, objectives. And you're kind of encouraged to expand your roster so you have people for specific... Like, there's a stealth guy. There's a guy who has way more health so he can take more hits for, like, action, like, sequences. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, at the same time, though, 
because you're not playing just one person, the narrative is kind of just there. Like you're not really like invested in the character as like the as an individual. You're kind of just invested in the characters for what they can do for you're you. You're invested in the movement. Yeah, right? not so much like like the first Watchdog does with Aiden Peters, where it's like a revenge story. Yeah. You don't really get that with these characters because they're kind of just people you pick off the street. Yeah. So there's no like legacy or long lasting like rivalry or some kind of like a sense of like a grounded narrative in terms of like this is oh yeah this is for my mom or this is for like revenge it's kind of just like so are you saying the accomplishments aren't satisfying it's not that the accomplishments aren't satisfying it's just that the story kind of just feels like we're moving from set piece to set piece Mm -hmm. just kind of doing vague general missions because they cannot be connected to the character I heard the driving was really bad. Oh, my God. Hold on. The driving is pretty bad. Um, hold on. I'm just going to pause it because I need to find the charger for the laptop. I found the charger. All right. Like I was saying, John. Yeah, the driving is atrocious. I It feels like you're driving on ice all the time. We're like different cars have different handling, but some either feel not responsive enough where you're doing like very wide turns and mm-hmm. some of them feel like like you're driving on ice and drifting at the same time where like you're like too too oversensitive yeah, so that it, sounds like the crew that's another ubisoft game actually it is yeah you're right i wonder right. if ubisoft just can't program driving mechanics properly or something but yeah i usually just say it to auto drive where it just takes me to the objective because the, i do not enjoy the driving aspects of the game mm-hmm. so i usually fast travel or I allowed the game to kind of just follow like the preset route to my object objective. So uh, I'm still really early in that game. I'm only about like four hours in, which isn't that much because I did a lot of the side activity, which is like recruiting members. And some of the members have like mini missions you have to do for you to win them over. Mm-hmm. So I haven't done too much of the main story. I've just been having fun running around London and kind of just recruiting random people. Like, like oh, this character sounds cool, or oh, this one has like something that sounds like a, like a great like ability or something. So I just randomly recruit people uh i know some people play the game funny like i know there's i was reading on twitter so when the game first came out like somebody made like a team of old women and just nannies <laughs> yeah i would have done the same like something like really silly and goofy just for the sake of doing it so i'm thinking about doing that just for the just to see how that works just a team of like covert nanny like women old women just going in like with suppressors and doing stuff i don't know it sounds funny uh that's kind of been it that's I've got a little bit further in Halo Reach. I've actually haven't been too busy with Game Pass because I'm either busy with work stuff, or I just want to play the games that I already have um saved up or stored on my PS5. So, um, Johnny, your turn. What have you been playing, sir? So last week I was debating between was it last week? Yeah, I was debating between uh Crash Team Racing or Gran Turismo. And Crash Team Racing, I think, is only like fifteen hours. So I got Gran Turismo. Really? You got yeah. Gran Turismo? Okay. Yeah, it's Which one is this? Uh six. Okay. Gran Turismo six. Um yeah, it feels about the way I expected it to feel. How are the driving mechanics? Are those also overly sensitive? No, the mechanics are great. They're they're perfect. Okay. Um It's fun, dude. The music is great. The cars look amazing. Right. The tracks look good. Do you just start off with like crappy cars you gotta earn your way up or no? I got, um, there's like two versions on there, right? You're probably going to get the same stuff on either version because of the patches. Mm-hmm. But I got the uh, Spec 2 uh, version of the game. Okay. 
I don't know if this happens to everybody, but I got like seven cars, and they're all like very high performance cars. Um, high performance for the real world or high performance within the game? Within the game. Oh, okay. Um, and I got some high performance like regular cars, like a Nissan Skyline Ooh. or uh, Mustangs, whatever. What, so I got a ton are, of cars right now. What do you prefer? You like a muscle, muscle? Uh, heavy, you like muscle cars? German? Depends on what I'm doing. European? Oh, okay. I like tuners. I always like Japanese cars. I like tuners because they look cool. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they look amazing. But uh, I got a ton of cars, which I was not expecting. So I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, and it's intense, dude. It can get pretty intense. But it's not like a level 10 intensity, like like a God of War a Horizon, where the combat is just has to be on point. This has to be on point. But my intensity level is like, it's stretched, you know, throughout the, the entire race. Okay. It's not like... Hey, I'm just on my horse, and suddenly there's a fucking battle, and then all the shooting and all this shit, right? Okay. It's very passive, and is the rubber banding not that bad? No, there's no rubber banding. Really? No, you fall behind, you're totally fucked, dude. Save to start over. Yeah, and if, so if you're in the lead, you can like maintain your lead and not worry too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's what kind of makes it intense, cause I, you could there could be I don't know, they're like fifteen cars, mm-hmm. and you have to do a qualifying uh, lap, right? Okay. So for those who don't know, rubber banding is a term in racing games where if you're in the lead, the cars in the, behind you start to all of a sudden do really good, and if you're way in the back, the cars in front of you start to do bad. It's kind of like to make things f- seem more fair, but in real life, that's not how racing. This works. is Mario Kart shit. Yeah, that shit is terrible. I hate it. So. <laughs> There's no rubber banding in this game. And that's what makes it intense. Because if you slip up, dude, you're just screwed. Like, if you... If you... If all your tires hit, like, the grass, you're probably going to end up spinning out or hitting the wall or whatever. Right. Or you could be... uh, If you're doing, the like, 15 people in the race and you do your qualifying time so you can be, like... Because if you do your time and you do a good time... Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do the track and you do a good time, you're going to be higher in the totem pole, Right. Okay, so is it like a best of series, like of races, like where it's multiple races, and you just what you what you place in each one adds up to the jet overall total, like placing, or no? No, like there's a bunch of versions. Uh, there's a bunch of like modes in the game, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna do a mode racing against against people online or whatever, okay, then you do a qualifying track. And if your time is better than the other guy, then they'll put you higher. Like, oh, oh we're going to okay. put you in 11th instead of 15, right? Right. So you do your qualifying you time. You move up with the placement on the on the start. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you do that, it's it's cool because you're like, okay, I got to stick it out because I'm closer to the number one, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is you're in a cluster. Of, you're now in the middle of the fucking pack, right? Oh, no. So now when you take your turns... You're trying to hold your position, uh-huh. and it's just it's just nuts, dude. Like you're trying to push car, you don't you don't intend to, right. but sometimes you see people get. Oh, you know what's really fun? When you're like, uh, let's say, uh, whatever, you're like on number eight, okay, and you're looking at seven and six, mm-hmm. and there's there's a there's a bunch of guys behind you, and you're right here in this little pack, and you're driving, and you see these two guys starting to to. To like develop spark. this wi- rivalry. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're like sparring. They're like bumping into each other. And you're right behind them. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to catch up to you motherfuckers. <laughs> one's like, going to mess up. <laughs> one's going to fuck up. Like, one's going to hit the other one. And then that's when I attack. You'll pass right? both, yeah. Yeah, that's when I'll pass both. Or that's when I got to take the, the guy that just pushed out the, the other opening. guy. Uh-huh. Uh, so, 
it can get really intense. Okay. The racing is really fun. Oh, they also have this thing where you can customize. This is something I didn't do in Ace Spec. I don't remember doing it in Ace Spec. I think they introduced, like, are talking about, like, the decals and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they introduced that in 4, from what I remember. Oh, okay. So I could be wrong. Far back. Uh, so you could do your suit, your helmet, and cars. I've done, maybe, they call liveries or something like that? I've done four cars. I've customized. I've only uploaded one. But uh, I did two Mac, Mad Max cars. I bought a... I think I bought a Ford. It was a Ford or a Chevy. And I took that thing. I made it look like... Uh, at first, I was going to do a Twisted Metal. <laughs> but they they didn't have like a ton of parts. Like a... They, they don't have, like, a giant fucking, like, ramming thing on spikes and everything, right? So of course like, not. Yeah. A little more realistic is going to be uh, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. So, I got the car, and I made it look like it's all rusted and scratched up, and in the front of the car it has, Flames. Like, no, no, it has blood in front of the cars. You can put that on there? It's just red paint with, like, oh, splashed okay. in the front. How, yeah, the how front. is, like, the art, like, how, like, is it just freehand drawing, kind of, like, with the... With the do the dual shot control? No, nah, so they have uh, they have like preset things, like they have the preset numbers, and then they have uh, fake logos. Also, it's just like placement kind of where you like slide it around and play where you want, like, yeah, stamp yeah, yeah. it kind of. So they also have like sections where there's like shapes and then mm-hmm. faded shapes, and they have this like square triangle. So you have to like, get creative with the layering. Yeah, so you layer something, and then you can make like a full face or uh, another one I made aside from the Mad Max. I made a, uh, I made a police car. Okay. So I took a GT40. I had to go with an American car. I took right. A GT40 I think that's what they are, aren't they? Or uh, they're Chargers. Or they're, they're usually American cars. and really like police cars. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. The car is all black and the doors are white and it says police on the side. I might change it to like Interceptor. But to, it has, to enslave, to like enslave and destroy kind of thing or. Well, it looks like a standard. I was oh, like, you know should what? I go I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of the police car from Transformers. Or instead of to protect and serve, it's uh, a Decepticon. It says to enslave and destroy on the side. That's... Interceptor, I think, is the name of one of the Autobots. So that's why I got confused. I, I could make an Autobots one. That'd be cool. I've seen a lot of people, like, not in this one, but in Forza, where it lets you do the same thing. And people have, like, these super, like, cool, like, anime decals on, like, their mm-hmm. cars and stuff. Oh, I've seen a ton of those. They look amazing. Are those all made in-engine, like, in the game? Or they're like is it, like, a skin you can download somewhere and just slap on? Do you think? I don't think so. Because I was wondering, like, can somebody get uh, that created one? Or... Oh. Or something like that, but I haven't really looked into it. Okay. But it'd be dope if I could gift a skin or something. Uh, so you upload those into the community, and then you get likes for your for your photos. Okay. Uh, the social aspect of it is pretty cool. Um, for the main racing, like the offline racing, how how good are the load times? Because like I imagine, if you're messing up a race, it could be pretty annoying if you like restart the race and it takes forever to load in. How how are the load times for it? It's not bad. It's not annoying. It's not like Mass Effect low times. It's, it's not, not like Last of Us. Oh no, Last of Us Two was pretty good at it. Okay, so it's not like more than twenty seconds or something. Then nothing too egregious. No, then. it's nothing crazy like that. Like if you're doing, I think it's arcade or just uh, or the because um, my enjoy tutorials. Yeah, the the track loading doesn't take long at all. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, sometimes what'll take a minute, a while is when you join online. Because it's not like you just jump in a lobby and it just starts. They You get into it. You do your qualifying time if you want to. Uh-huh. But sometimes it'll say like eight minutes. 
Jesus. Yeah. So, so it's like Fortnite kind of with the queue time bit like longer. Or you're kind of just in the lobby waiting for everybody else to kind of just... Yeah, because I, I don't know why they do that. Do you think know. it has to do, like, is the game, does it have an active online community still? It's pretty active. Okay, so it's not just like, oh, we can't find people then. It's not that. I don't think it's a matter of looking for people. I think they very intentionally make you wait. I don't I don't understand why. But sometimes it'll be like 12 minutes, 9 minutes. Accommodate maybe for the qualifying runs, maybe? Yeah, that could be it. But I don't know why they have to be like up to 12. Whatever. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. Okay. Uh, so that's cool. Um, Brian added me on it. Brian's playing it. Yeah. So Bri- Brian, our cousin, by the way, you guys probably already know this at this point, but just in case, Brian, our cousin, he's a, he was on the he was on our show once, and uh, he's a big car enthusiast, so that makes sense. He's playing Gran Turismo Six. Is was he playing? Did you guys play together or no? No, we we haven't done that. But I just saw his uh, some of his his vehicles. I think he has like I don't know like twenty something cars. Okay. I might be wrong about that. Uh, but he's got a couple photos on it. It's fun, dude. Okay. It's really fun. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I never. I for some reason racing games don't really scratch the itch for me. Like, I guess I have to have something to be invested in when I'm playing the game. Like, is there like what's the closest thing to like a campaign or like single player? Like, is it is there like a career mode or something? Or no, there's a career. There is. Yeah, there's a career. Okay, but I imagine it's probably not like a story thing, right? It's probably just like. A series of races, maybe. Nah, I don't think I want Grand Turismo to have that because we have that Need for Speed. Yes. And half the time they just write the career. Uh, it's just true. like I started playing Need for Speed Heat on Xbox Game Pass, mm-hmm. and like there is like the story mode does kind of have me somewhat. Like, if it wasn't for the story mode, I kind of just be like, okay, I'm just doing aimlessly race to race to race aimlessly. And I was like, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're, you're you're right, you're right. They don't always nail the they don't always EA doesn't always nail the story part. For I mean, it. you'd probably like Crash Team Racing, which I'm gonna get eventually, at some point. I might get it sooner than later. Yeah. But CTR kind of has, I think it has a mild story. Uh, it has a lot of support. It has like a season pass thing that they have going on, where like they add more stuff, like racers and like mm-hmm. cosmetics and variants and stuff like that. But um, I don't know if that's like a story story. Uh, what was I gonna say? I was about to say something, Johnny. What was I going to say? Oh, how are the how, how are the tracks in the game? Is there enough variety? There's a ton too. Does it have that dope Japanese one I like? I forgot the name. There's like a Japanese one with like the Japanese countryside. Play... No, I didn't see a countryside one. I don't know no. if that's in the game. We like the with like the cherry blossom trees nah, and stuff. I played one where it's in the city. It's all blocked off. It feels very, uh, like F one kind of thing. Like Formula One? With yeah, like, it feels like that. Where they block off the city streets and stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Played that. I think I played that at night. Um, also, it has like the night track and the day, and the day version of those. Yeah, it has like six times of days. Or the thing where it does the same track but backwards, like mirrored or something? I don't think I've done that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it, though. Oh, that's good. That's good that you got... That's good that you... It's been a while since you've been into like a game like thoroughly, so... Uh, that's good. Anything else? Any more Fortnite or is that kind of just it? No, I, Fortnite, I deleted that for now. Really? Yeah, I just want to focus on one game for now, you know? Really? Does it take up that much hard drive space? No, I just don't, I just try to focus on one game. So you manually delete them just so, to make sure you Just do. don't distract me, just get out of there. Really? Just get out of here. Especially if something like a Fortnite, games that never end. Right. I try to delete those when I have a game that's g- gonna have an endpoint. You know. Yeah, I just I, I was counting the games that I've ple- completed so far for this year. So far, I have nineteen games I've completed this year. Mm. 
and I and I was talking to some other friends on Discord who were like, "Oh, I'm at 30 or oh, I'm at 35." And I'm like, like I probably would have a higher number if I didn't play so much COD and if I didn't play so much um uh Final Fantasy online earlier in the year. <laughs> I probably would have more games completed at this point. Yeah. But like I've always believed like time you enjoy wasting isn't wasted time. So like those are my social games, especially COD. Like that's the game I play with Brian and our and my friends and stuff where like you just have like a social game that that doesn't really end, mm-hmm. but it's something that you guys can always come back to and just like jump in. And it's like it's more you're not really playing for the game itself; you're playing for like the social aspect of the game, which I imagine Fortnite is kind of like that for you in a way. Yeah, definitely. Are, do you have like do you when you're playing Gran Turismo? Are you talking to like other people or not really? No, that's one thing I I really don't like because they have a chat system, right? Because I can imagine it's just a bunch of trash talking, basically. <laughs> nah, they at the end of the. The race in the beginning, they have a chat system. You just press square, and then you uh, it has like a type. ready ready things. Oh, pre made quick messages. But you can type in whatever you want. Oh, okay. So it has that, but I, I that's s- not the same. Nah, man. If they had mics, that takes two. And not everybody's paying attention to what's in the chat box, and yeah. No, nah, if they had mics, it'd be cool. Like it doesn't have to be fucking fifteen people on a mic, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be ridiculous. But if they had like, if you're on the track. And the car proximity chat proximity yes yeah. like maybe the first two be in front of you and the guy behind you, you can chat with each other right yeah that'd be dope. I imagine they poly- polyphony probably didn't include it because they probably wanted to avoid like a toxic community. I imagine nah because racing seems like very competitive right. It's yeah. not like a team thing like Call of Duty where you're on teams and like you can like you know morale like yeah good a like, good shot or whatever like in racing it's pretty much everyone's on their own right for their own. Mm-hmm. so i imagine they probably didn't include it for like community reasons although i guess that's them saying that they don't trust the players to like you know behave so i don't know that's good are you are this something you're gonna continue to play like is it gonna be something you're gonna like shuffle into the background and play other games and stuff too or do you think it's gonna be something you get burned out on and then you're just gonna move on from there no i'll probably play this for a solid like month no maybe a solid two months and then i'll just calm down a little bit and, and then it'll just, just be like over whenever. time it'll just be like hey let me just do a couple races so it's gonna be part of like your rotation going forward yeah, you for think? sure because there's like so much shit to do okay there's a good amount of cars good amount of tracks to unlock uh this might get, be again my platinum maybe like in two years or something you know Oof. yeah I but that's because i'm just gonna be so passive about it right yeah i got you speaking of passive i promised i was gonna play more control i haven't played control since the last time i told you about it yeah. It's still on my like not dashboard, what do you want to call it? On like the home screen on PS5. But I haven't really like made an effort to play because I'm kinda just like Well there's there's some easy. games I really need you to play. So if you wanna like just relax on control. Cause there's like I want you to play Death Stranding. When I get it. When it comes out soon. I think this month, at the end of this month. Well, I would have got it. Month. I would have got it by now, but the thing is like, is it an upgrade for me? Does it apply to the PS5? Because the upgrades are, like, so confusing. You now. have the digital version, right? Yeah. Then you should be able to just upgrade it. And then I think if I finally sign into your account, I'll, I would have access finally. Okay, because I want to do that. But it was, like, so confusing with other games. I'm like, I fucking... I'm, I, just I mean, I'm kind of just tempted to buy a used copy, a cheap used copy of the game and just update it from there because it's actually cheaper that way. Because it's, like, I think a 10 maybe $15 upgrade from there. I think it's 10 but I, you can get like a cheaper copy, a PS4 copy of the game now. Used. Well, you're still probably gonna end up paying like thirty bucks, right? And the upgrade is what twenty. 
I don't know. But it'll be cheaper than buying the game new upgrade is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to go ahead and upgrade it. I'll look into it. All right. Look into it, yeah. So Death Stranding, you're already trying out Control. I want you to play Frostpunk. XCOM and Infamous. You have Infamous. Frostpunk is actually on Xbox Game Pass, I believe. Oh, give it a try. Go I ahead. believe it is. I remember scrolling by and I saw like the front of the train with the words and everything. You gotta open up your schedule for that though. <laughs> oh, like I can't just play like in so small bursts. Like whatever you're doing right now, try to push it out and then jump into Frostpunk. This weekend coming up, I'm, I'm like my grandpa's finally gonna be. He's gonna go to TJ for the weekend along with like my, my mom's gonna go take him. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna have this weekend free. I'm probably, I'm gonna try to get as much gaming as I can this weekend because I'm kind of busy for the next few weeks with work. So, so right uh, now you don't have intent on canceling Xbox Live, right? Or Xbox no Game Xbox Game Pass, not yet. No, I'm looking. I was looking at the library of games. And I'm like. There's a lot of games in there, but I'm like, mm, there's not as many bangers as I originally thought there was. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, but there is still, like, because they do rotate games out. Like For every game they take out, they add, like, new ones. I'm like, oh. But how often? Every month? Like, every week. At least once a week. Maybe once every two weeks. Because I saw, like, oh, these are the games that are leaving, and, like, all oh, these are the games that are coming. Hmm. So it's kind of like Netflix, where Netflix does that, where it rotates out, like, the, the roster, sort of, in a way. Um... Well, Infamous, you should definitely play that. Infamous? Yes. Second Son? Yes. I have that. That's one of the free PSN games. Exactly. I have. Just On PS5 in. also. You it's have... really fun, yeah. dude. I'll get into it. I'll try it. Has it aged well? It's like a seven-year-old game at this point. Probably. Uh, I'm sure it has. It's, okay. still, it's still fun. All right. All right, so let's get into it. I think that's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and move into the pitch segment. For those of you who do not know and you just decided to jump into this episode just because, uh, that means I probably promoted this episode well. So, a little back pat for me. Johnny, what do you say? Just pause it so we can pick out the stuff. All right, we're going to pause it real quick just to save time, in the interest of time. And through the magic of technology, we are ready. Johnny, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Okay, I'll go first. What do we have? Alright, I got three just in case, you know, one doesn't work out. And I remember Johnny cut me off. For those of you who do who don't know, the pitch is a segment where Johnny and I take two canisters, one filled with genres of games, so like first person shooter, racing, action adventure, platformer, simulator, and the other container contains themes like Asia and time travel and space. And World War Two, and we mash our choices together to come up with a pitch for an original game. It's a mukbang of video games. So mukbang, I think, is a term that has to do with kit bash. No, is that the food thing? Food. That's food, yeah, right? That's the food thing. But what do you do with mukbang? Is it just you just eat a lot of food, right? Isn't it? I think you take food and you put it all together and then you eat it in front of an audience. Ah, oh, that sounds gross. But supposedly so, it's very popular on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. So, Johnny, what do you got for us? I got RPG. I want my RPG. Alright, what you got? I got Hawaii. What? And Ocean. Okay. A Hawaiian RPG? I'm already sold. I'm already sold. Really? This sounds awesome. The other one I got is Party Game. A Hawaiian Party Game. Is that... Do you have an idea? No. It just sounds fun. Okay, RPG... RPG sounds easier to do. All right, and the last one, because I don't know which ones you've got. The last one is fighting. Hawaiian fighting game? Actually, uh, I want to open it up because fighting is just like, you know, flat screen. 
2D health bars. Yeah, yeah. What do you, how do you open it up with? Okay, let's... You're let's throwing do... a modifier? What, what do you have? What else do you have? I have Hawaiian Ocean, which are almost the oh, same thing. Hawaiian Ocean. All right. Hawaiian and Ocean are my two categories I have. I'm leaning towards Hawaiian RPG because I'm curious how that would play out. I, I imagine it's Moana with more combat. So you're saying you don't want it to be in the ocean? You just want to go straight... You know what? RPG. When it comes to settings and games, the ocean or anything that has to do with underwater, I just... I. I hate it. I hate it. All right, so get rid of that. I hate being in the water. We'll do yes. Hawaiian. We'll do RPG. And uh, party? Are we integrating that? Is that the modifier or what? No, this is just a regular. This is... Well, let's just keep it simple. Let's just keep it RPG Hawaii. Oh, so vague. And I, I know, but that gives us plenty of room to work with. That's what. I actually have some modifiers that... I thought you already pre-chose modifiers. I did. I did. Okay. Yeah, close that I think are dope. But do you have an idea of what you want to do before? So, I okay, I have two ideas. One is we just take Moana, the the Hawaiian movie of Moana, and just add RPG mechanics to it. Why Moana? Because that's the only Hawaiian thing I have like a, a a touchstone for. My other idea is we do like the Crash Bandicoot route, mm-hmm. where you go from island to island because Hawaii is made up of four major, I think five. Now it's five, but four major islands. And you're going on this inter-island adventure to... My initial thought is... So, Hawaii... The story of Hawaii is it became absorbed into the U.S. through colonialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, it was the independent kingdom of Hawaii. but then Or oh, queendom. I think it was a queendom, actually. Anyways, the point is... Hawaii gets invaded by Europeans and Americans. And eventually, kind of... There's like a war. Some kind of genocidal stuff. And eventually, Hawaii is brought into under u.s control and it's been a state ever since how dope would it be to kind of like play as a like hawaiian like war chief or tribal chief or like a warrior and as with rpg mechanics you're trying to like repel repel the european invasion of the islands through the scope takes place when this would have been i want to say like late 1800s Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember. I'm digging through the banks of my mind. I want to say late 1800s. Whenever it was that, because the Europeans did ha- were like friendly at first, at least. Whenever the aggressive, the aggression be- began, mm-hmm. that's where I want the setting. I think it's late 1800s. I could be wrong. It could be even early 1900s. Okay. But the point is, I like the idea of playing as a Hawaiian warrior. And your the islands are like maybe let's this work this will work better as an Assassin's Creed game honestly because they can like liberate areas. Yeah. But since we're doing RPG, I would just have it where like maybe there's like an element of fantasy thrown in. Maybe you call upon like Hawaiian gods for like powers and magic and stuff. Okay. It's kind of pseudo. We call it like suit like like historical fiction, where you kind of you know add a little fantasy into it. Kind of. I feel playing it straight. Like historic, like going for accuracy is gonna be boring. Mm-hmm. Hawaii sounds the most fun when you have like supernatural elements mixed in, right? Mm-hmm. Angry volcano gods and like I don't know water magic and stuff like that. So like you have like this aggressive European invasion of your islands. You need to repel the invasion, and maybe the game ends with you like fighting off the imperial, like the aggressive party or whatever but then like you know in real reality 
a few years later, you get absorbed into the U.S. anyways. So, and that's like a problem for future generations. Right now, it's just like the initial hostility of like the the invaders. So it was initially the British. Is that how it went down? You know what? You know what? We're gonna go ahead and take a quick historical. You can pause dive. it if you want. No, I kind of want this to be part of it. So I'm going on Wikipedia right now, Johnny. Okay. Uh, we'll just look up Hawaii. Because because I still have the pitch, and the pitch is interesting. I'm just trying to integrate it into your your story. What's your okay? What are you, how are you? The thing is the pitch. The I mean not the pitch the uh, modifiers have to take place in the future. Okay, I got it. Settled by Polynesians sometime between 1000 and 1200 CE, so this would have been like 900 or so years ago, Hawaii was home to numerous independent chiefdoms. In 1778, Johnny, so like two years after, like one year after we became, no, before the United States was even the United States, like Mm. legally, uh, British explorer James Cook was the first known non-Polynesian to arrive at the archipelago. Early British influence is reflected in the state flag. It has a lot of red and white, black, like blue lines for the flag, which bears a Union Jack. Interesting, there's an American state that still has a Union Jack. Don't know how I feel about that. Uh, influx of European and American explorers, traders, and whalers arrived shortly thereafter, introducing disease that decimated the once isolated indigenous community. Hawaii became a unified, internationally recognized kingdom in 1810 remaining independent until western businessmen overthrew the monarchy in 1893 okay i told you late 1800s right this led to annexation by the u.s in 1898 so not a state yet but like u.s is already taking control as a strategically valuable u.s territory hawaii was attacked by japan on december 7 1941 we know that about pearl harbor and stuff uh hawaii is the most recent state to join the union so like become part of the states on August 25th, 1959. And in 1993, the U.S. government formally apologized for its role in the overthrow of Hawaii's government, which spurred the Hawaiian sovereignty movement. Okay, we have a more material now to kind of work with, I think, with that. So we know the British arrive. They actually overthrow, along with American influence, to overthrow the kingdom, right? To annex and control it. So we have material for our game slash story. Okay. Johnny, what were you going to pitch me? You said you were going to introduce something. Okay, so this kind of has to take uh, two timelines, all right? So let's say the British did do their whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. They did their whole thing, yeah. Yeah, they did their whole thing. So you're trying to stave them off. They you're did the damn thing, away. Johnny. And the reason they're, you're trying to keep them away is... Because you have some type of source on the island, right? Oh, so there's resources, Hawaiian resources. Okay. Yes, you have Hawaiian resources back in the day, and you got all these tribes or whatever trying to protect them, right? Mm-hmm. So they invade, and you keep them away. But then, that takes place in, in a, a large section of the game, right? Okay. Maybe the beginning, mm-hmm. and then maybe a little closer towards the middle, we go into the future. Okay. The future is like the current time. And in the current time, looking at the uh um looking at the uh modifiers, I got cure. So that's something that they were protecting in the island. Cure? Yes, cure. Like the cure for something. Yeah, a cure for something. Oh, okay. So that's what they were protecting in the past. But the twist is 
the other modifier I got is you have to be the villain. What? Yeah. Explain that to me. Well, that's the fucking modifier. You gotta be the villain. So, so are we, we the British? Exactly. Hawaii. Are we the fucking British? <gasps> and the stories are... is about us overthrowing the kingdom. Yeah. That so, could be interesting. Yeah. So at the beginning, you pray. You pray. The, I mean, you the pray. dutiful, loyal, loyal soldier doing his thing. So you play as a protagonist in the beginning of the game. Mm. This is like The Last of Us. You play as a protagonist, and towards the latter half, you play as the antagonist. Oh, right. I like that idea because that means you get like two different types of gameplay. Then mm-hmm. you get like the spiritual, magical like aspect from like the Hawaiian version, mm-hmm. and then you get like the industrial steampunkish version of gameplay from like the invader, the British side, where mm-hmm. you have like firearms and like technology, technology on your side. Yeah, it doesn't have to go into the future. We could do both. We could still do... I, yeah, I don't like the cure stuff. Kind of, uh, It seems a little... Well, that's... Too much planning, too much kind of trying to tie things together. But the villain part, the villain one, that one has me intrigued because that one has like story implications that could be interesting, I think. But what's the incentive then? You're like, playing... On a personal level, what's the incentive of being the villain? The way I'm kind of seeing this is like this would make... This would work great as like a Pocahontas, Romeo, Juliet kind of story. Okay. Or maybe the Hawaiian character is female, and maybe the invader character is like male, and they each have like a separate. They want they want different things, but maybe they want to be together. This could it could be like a tragic. I like this could be a tragic story. The writing has to be on point there for them to be like enemies in their at the end. Like oh, let's let's hook up. That would be how dope, dope. How dope would that be if like the final boss battle is just the other character? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that yeah. could be dope. Yes, um, but what, I need more of an incentive. Well, okay, so the British guy, you know, lo- the queen and country, all that he just nonsense. Wants to conquer. Yeah, all that. No- he, he doesn't want to conquer, riches. but it's he part wants... of the job, right? right? Okay. He's not gonna, you know, dissent or like uh, mutiny or whatever. He's kind of just going along with the flow. Like this is the army or whatever, the navy, whatever it is, is his way to get out of poverty back home. He's kind of just rolling through the punches, kind of just doing what he has to do. So, as a protagonist, you have to be the girl. You're saying. She would clearly be the sympathetic lead. So this is kind of like a modern trope because a girl comes into the picture and she's like, I'm going to change that guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess you could say that in a way. But maybe she's like fighting against like the the enemies who are not him, just like his like compatriots or like his like whoever is like the general or whatever. And like, yeah, up and towards she's the like, end. you know what? Like, like she finds out like, like, you know what? Like my group's planning an assault. Like, don't be there when it happens kind of thing. Oh man, there's a lot of weaving twists and turns into it. In well, story. it's less weaving than the cure thing you wanted to do. I'll tell you that. I don't know, cause as a protagonist, if I was her, I want to protect this thing that that my like land has. Right. And it's like something sacred. Not a, not a lot of people know about it. You know, okay. it's kind of hidden in in the jungle. Right. And the antagonist, he knows there's something there, mm-hmm. and he's a cure and he wants to take that shit. Right. Uh, but maybe he thinks like, oh, you're kind of overblowing it. Like, we're not going to take it from you. We just want to learn from it. It doesn't or... have to be a cure. It could be like the Fountain of Youth type of deal. That's kind of like a cure in a way. Because you're curing yeah. death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. We're, we're kind of at a crossroads. We're not sure. Where okay, but what is. are the mechanics? Because I'm thinking RPG. Like, I'm thinking for her, it's like dealing with like the invaders. Not him specifically, but like, you know, his like team, his squad. I don't know what you call it. And she's like using maybe like... 
spears and bows and it's like is this turn-based is it an action rpg i think it's turn-based most likely and she's using like things of nature for combat. I mean, she had like healing salves made from like fruits or veggies or something. Like I'm getting Final Fantasy VII vibes. Yes, thank you. One of the best games of Remake. all time. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, because you're thinking of like Avalanche against Shinra, kind of. That's like the same kind of like parallel. Yeah, just a little more fluid on the mechanics. But on his side, when you deal like the warriors or the Hawaiian warriors, you have like firearms. You got like new world technology, old world technology with like. Uh... You know what? What if we just make this game two games? Like, I'm not saying separate the game, but what about when you play as her? You're doing like a typical third person adventure, right? You got your spear, you got whatever. Whatever has to be RPG. Yes, it's, it's still RPG. Okay. But when you play as him, you're doing something at an, an industrial level. So a little more say, linear? No, no. Oh. What if this is like a uh, like an RTS? Two different game modes in the same game? Yeah, I'd be down for that. I've always wanted to see that. So it, he does this RTS and he moves in like his ships. He moves in his company. He starts doing all this kind of wild shit. But as you as he develops... That's a new section open to you in third person and in third uh, person mode. You know what I'm saying? So sort like of. you're seeing the world, like you're seeing the landscape in third person, mm-hmm. and as as you see him come in, you start seeing shit develop. Like, oh, over okay. The horizon. So what you do as him starts to like up bleed into what she does. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he sends in ships. He sends his company. And you start seeing, like, over the horizon, like, in the story, like, who the fuck is that? You and know? vice versa. Like, maybe, like, you, like, take out all the troops. So, like, when you go back to him, like, oh, I have less resources. Like lots you, of men. Like, you sabotage, in third person, you sabotage the little town. And then, like, in RTS mode, like, your, your shit is just burnt, you know? Like, maybe you might actually favor one character more than the other. And you kind of hamper the effect, the... You hamper the progress for the other one and kind of just, like, boost or, like, support one of the characters. I think that's where you have to decide, like, am I going to be the, the antagonist the, or the protagonist? Exactly. And that's, This like, is a good moral dilemma. I like it. Okay. That's a good idea, Johnny. And like, it doesn't have to be so heavy, like, on the RTS section. Like, a Yeah. More, like, the... civilization, not, like, a command and conquer. Yeah. I don't want to have to, like, worry about resources. Not, like, so much micromanaging. Yeah. Something more, like civilization where like it's kind of very like general and very like not too deep we, we don't have to go there but i i've never seen a game do that you know where they have two, two different genres two I, I think mostly because that interrupts the flow too much flow Probably. too much it's like trying to make a sci-fi romantic comedy like it's those are t- things i mean that's the challenge though right the whole idea of the pitch is to put two things that don't normally go together yeah and try to find a way where they do right it's more like a it's a creative activity like an outlet to kind of make our minds like do a little you know a little hard work so let's uh i like that idea but let's kind of put that in the background of the rts aspect of it okay so for now what's the combat like what turn-based rpg okay she's got bows she's got spears she's got uh i forget what they're called like they're like the hawaiian version of swords where it's like a wooden plank with like rocks sticking on the edges Okay. Uh, there's a word for it. As- the Aztecs had it too, but they used a obelisk, like a, uh, obelisk is like that hard, like volcan- volcanic rock, mm-hmm. but it's embedded into like a wooden plank kind of thing. So it's like for slashing and stuff. It's like an old world sword where there's no metal. There's no iron to like make swords with. You think we could do the RTS, but the RTS isn't top down. It's just like in real time, like in third person where it's like 
you go to a shop and you're like, hey, we got to build this and that. Oh, so yeah, you, yeah, in yeah. the world, you go into the world, you collect resources. Assassin's Creed does that. Where you're kind of developing, like, you're investing resources, and then you'll there'll be, like, a cutscene where, like, it expands or something kind of thing. Right? I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for Assassin's sure. Creed does that, where you, like, you build your home base, and it expands further, and it adds, like, more, like, uh, versatility, more, like, options and stuff. Yeah, so if you're in a town, you could be like, oh, fuck, we need a, we need a bigger wall, we need some traps, we need this and that. Mm-hmm. And those things are reflected in the gameplay. Yeah, kind on. of like a ca- like clan of whatever, castle, whatever, those games, those clan of clash of clans kind of mm. thing right yeah yeah where you're constantly reinvesting reinvesting into like building the base that could work okay i like that all right uh, let's stick with that and then so who's gonna make the game so i'm kind of leaning towards this reminds me a lot of like fable and for fable i believe i want to say it's Lionhead studios it used to be i don't think they're around anymore i could be wrong but this used to be the studio behind Fable. It was uh, with Peter Molyneux. I want to say Lionhead Studio. Yep, that's the one. Lionhead Studios. They did like the Fable games. Because this sounds a lot like Fable. Fable was an RPG with like a city building aspect. Where you're like the king. But you're also doing like the action stuff. Like in person kind of stuff. Okay. So I'm thinking Lionhead Studios. They're not around anymore I think. I could be wrong. I'm checking... Yeah, they uh, five years ago they dissolved. So, give it to Lionhead Studios if they were still around. If not, I'm thinking probably Bethesda. No, because the RPG. <sighs> okay, Lionhead is like the main one I'm leaning with. At worst, probably Ubi. I'm thinking Ubi as well. Yeah, but, Ubisoft. But I, I don't think. Obi's going to be able to give you, like, that solid story. True. I agree with that. Well, okay, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. It depends. Like, they're really good at it with Assassin's Creed, but they're really bad at it with everything outside of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So, 50-50. Uh, but I'm, I'm leaning really strong towards Lionhead Studios because they would have this kind of, like, pedigree, this kind of, like, history with, like, RPGs that have city-building functions on the side. Okay. But what's a good name for this joy? I'm trying. I was, I've been thinking about that. The name is like the time. hardest one because I can't think of like what could like I don't know. I want to go with something that's like a Hawaiian motif, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. Like I'm thinking like okay, what's like the Hawaiian word for like war maybe or like I don't know Hawaiian. My I don't know that many Polynesian languages, so I'm drawing a blank. I'm thinking something like anger of the gods. I'm thinking like volcanoes are angry. Yeah, we didn't even integrate fucking volcanoes. You just kept talking about jungles. <laughs> There's volcanoes. Okay, what? They're trying to draw magma as a resource or something? I don't know. No, maybe because I wanted to integrate the jewels. And I was at some point mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, maybe the volcanoes are like spitting out certain like jewels that have the thing in. A volcano that erupts with diamonds instead of lava? That'd be yeah. dope. I'm thinking of something kind of like, uh, you know how that's like the Order 1886? Like something with the year in the name. Like, All right. So, like you read that whole thing. What would what, you pull out of that? 1893 was when they were, I think, annexed by the U.S. Okay. And then they finally made a state like in 1950-something. 59? What's her name? Whose name? I want to give her a name. I want to go with Moana just because that's the only name I know. <laughs> but that... That's too easy, right? I want to call her Cammy. Cammy? Yeah. Like from Street Fighter? Yes. C A M M Y? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't want to. I don't know what a good Hawaiian name is. Something I was thinking more like Kalani or something like that. Okay, let's just go with Moana. All right. <laughs> Moana eighteen ninety something. No, 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 no. I'm mm. thinking. I don't know. What's a Hawaiian thing like? Totem warfare or not totems? Uh, spirit something. How about something like dividing tides. Ooh, rising tides maybe. Nah, it sounds like it's taken away from me. Clash of Tides? Tides of War? Volcanic Tides? Volcanic Tides could be dope. Tide, uh, f- tides of Fate, maybe? Well... Tides of Time? Tides well, of Fate. I you were know. talking about two people having two different stories, like the, the Pocahontas and... Yeah, Romeo right? and Juliet kind of thing, yeah. Like a dysfunctional relationship kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so then I was thinking, okay, what about like Tides of the Heart? I was about to say heart tides, but tides of the heart, tides of the heart. I like that, Johnny. Tides of the heart. It has like the ocean thing. It has like, there's a, you get an idea of what it's about. I don't know how well that works for like marketing reasons. That's but what I'm trying to like. Adjust. Someone who has never heard of this is like, this sounds like a romance novel, like an yeah. erotic novel or something, <laughs> or like a Fabio like romantic movie, like yeah, a lifetime. Lifetime romance movie or something. The total opposite is like Tides of War, but that's nah. too, that's too blah. What about like uh, oh, Love Is a Battlefield, like the song from Heart. It's Love still still not good for marketing. I wouldn't buy that. Really? Okay. Not if I'm buying like a video game. I'm just gonna okay. look past the. I'll, I'll be in the PS store and no, nah, I don't want that shit. Love Is a Battlefield. What about the War of the Heart, maybe? Yeah, that works. War of the Heart, kind of? It'll be... Wait, let's do a, the title and then the bottom thing. Oh, the subtitle that goes with it? Yeah, so let's just do something War and then Ties of the Heart. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's go with... Bloody War? No, not Bloody War. Cause I don't think it's... We're not going for the rated M. Um... Tribal War, Kingdoms at War, Kingdoms at War, maybe? Kingdoms at War, Tides of the Heart? Yeah, that works. Right? I think that kind of works. King- it flows Kingdoms well. At, you said Kingdoms at War? Yes. Kingdoms at War, Tides of the Heart. That works. I feel me. like it flows well, right? Yeah. All right. It's, all right. All, it's also got that thing, I don't know why, Kingdom Hearts? Kingdoms at War, Tide. Oh, Heart and Kingdom in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like alliteration kind of in a way. Okay, that'll work for me. Kingdoms at War, Tides of the Heart. I like that. All right. So we're going to give that to Lionhead Studios. Wrap it up. And that's the game that bankrupts them. And that's why they're not around anymore. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the end of our podcast. We're at two hours now, Giants. Kind of link, kind of girthy. Girthy episode. Uh, thank you for everybody who has listened so far to our listenership. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Johnny and I kind of just do this for fun. Of course, we have a great time doing it. But it's always nice to know there is people out there listening to uh, what we're doing. So thank you for that. If you have any comments, suggestions for what our pitch, or you just want to tell us something that's going on or something you think about, uh, I suggest you to direct those at DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that is DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter handle, DuoSensep at Twitter. I don't think it's at Twitter. I think it's just DuoSensep on Twitter. 
Uh, if you want to suggest anything, tell us anything, those are the places where you can reach us. Johnny, do you have any final closing words? For I just wanted to, I wanted to ask, what do they think? Because the pod is going to be as long as it needs to be, because it's just organic. Yeah. But what do you think it's a, it's like a tolerable length for the pod? Is it an hour? Is it an hour and a half? That's the question I have for them. Probably more than an hour. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll see what they say. We'll see if anybody says anything. But uh, uh, in the words of Usher, Johnny, there's never a right time to say goodbye. I think that applies to podcasts too. It, it's over when it needs to be over, I think. But we'll see what they have to see. say. Uh, that's going to be it from us today. So uh, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Yes. Goodbye.